Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Redeem Podcast, brought to you by Vision by Dreamers. On this week's episode, we interview Gilbert Rodriguez as he shares his testimony, shares lessons he's learned in ministry. Gilbert's a good friend of mine who recently told me he wanted to start a podcast of his own. So I figured I'd bring him out on the show and interview him so we could catch up. You guys are going to enjoy this conversation on fellowship, on taking steps of faith on Jesus. So stay tuned, check it out. Love you guys. You guys have been doing it with two cameras, now you got three cameras? No, so yeah, last time we did it with three, too. Oh. We used to do it with one. Really? Yeah. And then all we three of us sat the, on the chairs like a half circle. Wow. But now it's, we got, we moved up. We moved up in like lights, <laughs> camera, <Cameras>. action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Mike, why don't you kick us off with the prayer this We're time? We're going to do prayer again. <laughs> For the first time, if you're watching, <laughs> Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for giving us this opportunity. And I think of so many Christians that wish they could be a part of this. And I, I encourage them to step out, Lord, and just utilize what's in front of them. It's a strange time we live in. And and so we're just seizing every opportunity that we have and every um, opportunity that you give us. I pray for today's um, conversation. And I ask, Lord, that it would just be an honest and real conversation. I pray for Gil, and I ask, Lord, that you would bless him today. And that you would be in the midst of us, Lord. And I thank you for again so much, Lord, for this opportunity. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Redeem Podcast Episode 14. Welcome, Gilbert Rodriguez. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Not to be mistaken with Benny the Jet. No, not at all. <laughs> I wish I could play baseball like that. Uh, uh, on what Ivan's episode, you guys were talking about Sandlot. We did talk about yeah, Sandlot. Yeah, Shout out Chachi. <laughs> I, just, I caught that too. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of a rolling yeah, thing we nice. do. I don't. There was no reason to do that, but since we did. Sandlot twice. It, right? We gonna, need to have a uh, shout out to Chachi every episode, and I forget. Yeah, but, we try. Um, Gilbert, I hit you up. You saw my, the Sure microphones on yeah. the podcast, yeah. messaged me about it on Instagram, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, like, what's up with Gilbert? Like, why is he, why is he getting yeah. into audio? Like, I've just known what's Gil as the, the welder guy, the guy who, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. who rides motorcycles and welds. Yeah. Like, why is he getting into audio? Piqued my interest. I hit him up. I was like, hey, well, like, like why, why audio? He shared with me that he has it on his heart to start podcasting. So I was mm-hmm. like, dude, I got to bring him on just Come to get talk your, with him. Come get your feet wet, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised when I got the phone call. So I was like, hey, let's bring you on this day and, and do a podcast. I was like, oh, wow, cool. You know, like, that's exciting. And I'm like, Let, let's do it. You know, let's mm-hmm. press forward in this. But yeah, I got a hold of him. Um, I DM'd him. And I was like, he slid. I slid. slid in the <laughs> I noticed that he did podcast with um, Scott, and I was like, oh wow, that's the Sure SM7B. Like, how's that sound? And I was asking questions. I'm sure it was an odd question, um, but yes, uh, the Lord put in my heart back in June to do a podcast, which is completely contrary to who I am and how I am. So I'm like, okay, Lord, is this me or is this is this really you? Um, back in June, it was burning in my heart. I was kind of encouraged. I noticed that he was doing a podcast and there was mm-hmm. a few other podcasts that I was listening to. And I was like, okay, Lord, um, what's happening here? You know, why do I got this desire in my heart? And um, I was really encouraged by how the church handled this whole COVID situation, mm-hmm. how leaders handled um, 
still presenting the gospel, you know, in a mm. different, unique way. We were shut down, but they were still willing to give the word out, you know, and mm. they obviously use a platform, um, Instagram, YouTube, um, Spotify, whatever mm. means necessary to mm. present the gospel. So that was really encouraging. I'm not much of yeah. a tech guy at all, but I'm right. like, okay, if this is how we're um, moving forward, then Lord, like, teach me, guide me, because mm. when it comes to um, tech, I, I really know nothing. Mm. So um, the Lord put on my heart, and I was praying, and uh, I started, like, looking at different things that would work best for me. You know, I want to start off simple. I, uh, it's going to be called Living Hope. And I kind of just want to share um, Christ with those who are, are, are feeling hopeless. You know, mm. we live mm. in a time now where you could see hopelessness on the rise. Um, you just look and turn on the news. You see that everybody is clinging to everything and anything that is offering some kind of um, answer. Mm. And, you know, without having go this route, but recently you got you know this black lives matter movement mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm a lot of them are really young you don't see too many old guys in there you know old women in there mm. a lot of them are really young and a lot of them are white <laughs> so it's kind of odd and i'm like this is strange like why because it's something right and, and they're they're looking for something and i'm like lord you know mm. for us as leaders i'm sure one of the things that we experience is the loneliness and that's going to be one of our greatest challenges. And we've spent our time in the wilderness, and I believe that it's time to come out of the wilderness mm. and, and share Christ with this generation that is, is clinging to anything and everything. So, Lord, put on my heart, living hope. Um, I kind of want to bring guests on to share their um, hearts and how they came from not knowing Christ to experiencing His love, grace, and mercy, and, and how He truly is a hope in a hopeless time. So mm. that's kind of how I started, and then I was looking at different... Um, items and different things and i noticed that he had these mics yeah i'm like dude how's those how, how those sound and uh, i kind of went from there so mm. yeah. yeah go ahead yeah no that's super dope you touched on something that was um pretty interesting um when because i i noticed the same thing like when covid first hit everybody went online and there, there was a there was a brief moment when it first happened that you could tell that it was just um, like this is all we can do, yeah. right? So like it was like, well, you know, and and there was the awkwardness of like some pastors like teaching to the screen, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and then uh, I remember Scott talking to me about how like that felt really weird, mm -hmm. and so then he just started like looking at like non-existent audience, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And and so, but there was that it was like a, the lesser supplement of the mm -hmm. real thing, and and that was like a hard time for mm -hmm. a lot of us, like even going mm -hmm. to church online with people that you've listened to for a long time yeah. and you were just like this is not the same you know yeah. but somewhere along that process something else started to happen where people started to stop they they, they weren't just trying to make the normal service mm -hmm. exist online they started to use the online platform for what it is yeah and that's like with us too, like I'm, I'm the first person interviewed on this podcast. Yeah. If you go back in the archives yeah. and when, when he sat me down, I, the answer was just like, of course, like when he was like, Hey, I want to do a podcast. You want to be on it? I was just like, sure. because we were, while we were in the middle of ministry being shut down and I just had made like my own deal with the Lord, like, Hey, you open a door for anything. The answer is yes. Like 100%. Mm -hmm. And so when he hit me up, I'm like, yeah, I'll, if you want to ask me questions, mm -hmm. I'll just answer them. But somewhere in that same process with us, 
like we started to see it for what it is mm -hmm. rather than like adjust a supplement. And that's when some interesting things started happen, happening. And the coolest thing that I've seen by far is the connection between churches that otherwise or previously wouldn't connect with each other. Mm -hmm. I saw pastors that really had no connection with mm -hmm. each other all of a sudden, like, you know, talking to each other via Skype mm -hmm. or um, it was like a reconnection with a lot of guys mm -hmm. like yourself that I've, I've had great conversations mm -hmm. with you before. And all of a sudden, like, uh, here's an opportunity for yeah. us to do this. And, and it's not just for us and it's not just for you, yeah. but it's for anybody listening to yeah. and it edifies everybody. And there's really, it's just really become something awesome. So yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Like there is something different going on mm -hmm. and to see like these guys that I've known a long time yeah. and respect, like really naturally make that transition is encouraging. It, no, is encouraging. it, it was and to see them step up to the plate and, I mean, their hearts still burn. It was awkward. I remember Scott having us do devotions and record it and post it. And I was like having my brother record me. And I'm like, dude, do it over. Do it over. Like, <laughs> this is weird. I'm looking at this lens that's reflecting myself back. And mm -hmm. it's just so awkward. But um, yeah, dude, it's been an interesting time. It's it's um, really molding and shaping and testing us. One of the things that um, got tested, I think, for every individual was the depth of our devotional life. Mm. You know, we do get comfortable here. Um, as Americans, we do get comfortable. We have so much. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the, I was reflecting on one of the greatest times in my walk and it was actually in the Amazon when I went on a missions trip. Mm. We're stripped of everything. Like you're talking about cell phones and that kind cell of stuff? Cell phones, everything, just the, um, the weariness, you know, physically tired and, and drained. And I remember waking up early and just going on the dock there and, and just having that moment with the Lord and the silence and, and it was interesting to see that, um, why do I feel so much more connected with you, disconnected from everything else? Mm. It's it really gripped our lives. Mm. And um, no, it's really gripped our lives. And it's been um, something that's been on my heart and my mind to um, really discipline myself not to have in my life. You know what I mean? Like social media wise, or social media. I mean, I still overall? got social media, but I did take a break for about three months, mm -hmm. um, and I realized I felt like my brain was coming back to life. You wow. know what I mean? Um, I was more in tune with what God was speaking to my heart, mm. more um, willing to receive um, His word, yep. more connected, and and, and like I started this um, saying that uh, the test of our devotional life it was really necessary when we got shut down. Mm. You know, we didn't have the fellowship. We didn't have anybody there to really, we got lonely. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us got really uh, lonely and, um, is loneliness something that you battle with? You know, I think I don't want to chop this podcast. I feel like I'm already doing that. And I feel like, you're um, good. You know, I was really praying there's, like, Lord, there's no podcast here. There's just a conversation. Between awesome. you guys. <laughs> don't even trip. Dude. No, but, um, Loneliness, I think, is one of the greatest tests for any young man who's desiring to go into ministry. Um, I think it's going to be a trial that um, they're going to be slapped in the face with unless they truly have a genuine burning in their heart for the call of God. Mm. And 
a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders during this time got very discouraged, myself included. Mm. Um, walking in the wilderness is something that's difficult. But I see that Jesus, before he had his own ministry, that the Father led him in the wilderness mm -hmm. to be tested, to be tried. And I think a lot of young men, a lot of leaders are in that season um, to see what's next. Mm -hmm. Our whole globe has changed. This has impacted us um, completely. Mm -hmm. And um, this is one of the reasons why I, I think that Lord put on my heart to start a podcast, you know, titled Living Hope, because mm -hmm. I do believe that I'm not alone in this feeling of, of loneliness mm -hmm. and it's awkward and it's weird because you don't truly understand it and you think you've re reached a depth of loneliness and then the Lord takes you deeper mm -hmm. and then he takes you deeper and you're like, what's going on here? And it's God beckoning you. It's God drawing you to himself. You know, the Lord is a jealous God. He says, my name is jealous. Mm -hmm. So he's desiring that intimacy from his leaders. He's desiring that intimacy to teach us so that we can lead. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of our greatest challenges um, as we press forward. You know, it's interesting to see suicide on the rise. It's interesting mm -hmm. to see yep. um, so much going on. Um, we've lost more people in being quarantined than we did the actual virus. Um, drug abuse went up. Um, suicides went up. Uh, so much ha has really um, happened in, 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 Dang. in this time. And... and um, it's time, I believe, for us to, to really sh do things like this in any means necessary to share who Jesus is, to share the gospel, to be bold. One of the things that I, I was um, going through is Luke, and I was interested in Jesus because of his boldness. Like, I was really laughing. Like, sometimes you ever have those moments where you're reading the word and you laugh, you're like, well, Lord, like, mm -hmm. that's interesting. And in Luke chapter 11, Jesus is um, speaking to the Pharisees. He was having dinner with them, and he, he's, he's there. And he starts rebuking the Pharisees, the woes, right? Mm -hmm. Woe to you for this, woe to you for that. And um, I thought it was hilarious because one of the lawyers speaks up and he goes, well, Lord, what, uh, I didn't even say Lord, but what you're saying, Jesus, is an offense to us also. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, woe to you too, Pharisees. Mm -hmm. I mean, lawyers, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he starts calling them out. And mm -hmm. um, I thought like, well, Lord, you're, you're, you're bold. Yeah. You, you really... desire truth you are the embodiment of truth mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter these religious leaders if they what they think of you it doesn't matter what these lawyers or politicians these, these lawmakers think of you you're gonna speak truth mm -hmm. and you do it in such a bold way lord teach me that boldness mm -hmm. teach me how I to see. be that man teach me how to be more like christ teach me how to be more like you right um but it's it's funny to me like like lord you're I mean, he's like, he's, yeah, you too. Huh? Yeah, like, <laughs> like you too. You yeah. know, woe to you too. And I bet the other lawyers were like, dude, what shut up. Like, you were talking to us. He was talking to Pharisees. Yeah. Um, he just brought it on us, bro. He just brought it on us. Let me, let me ask you, what what is the discouraging things, if you feel free to share, um, that are kind of haunting you? Maybe it's a, is it something you're seeing on Instagram? Is it just media? Or is, are, are there things because you talk about discouragement, like we need hope right now. I just, I'm curious, like what is, what are those things? I would say that, um, you know, I was just sharing with Mikey before we started this, um, that I went through a moment of deep discouragement. Um, I think more frustration with 
the reality that no one cares to listen. No one wants to hear. No one. Everything's so confusing, and it's hard to discern right now what truth is. And you got the left fighting the right. You got so much going on. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to desire to press forward Mm -hmm. when you got so many enemies surrounding you. And you really got to cling to knowing the call upon your life. You know, I was just reading Jeremiah today. Um, You know, he was called as a young man. And he was promised multiple things. And you see, you know, a lot of people read Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It's very common to us. Um, But in Jeremiah chapter 20, in verse 9, Jeremiah is talking about, you know, if I said in my heart that I'll never speak again, um... I am weary of holding it back. Your word burns in me like a flame, like a fire. It's in my bones. I can't contain it. And then he goes on to say in verse 11, he goes, you are my, you're the Lord, you're with me like a mighty awesome one. And I love that because I think we all go through these moments of deep discouragement. We're like, God, you said, God, you promised. I don't see that happening. God, I feel lonely. God, I feel this. I feel that. We kind of get in our poor meetings. We kind of get in our, our, our feeling sorry for ourselves. Um, and you see that Jeremiah was discouraged with the mocking, with everything that was going on. You know, he was called to go to a certain place. He was called to speak to a certain people and no one cared to listen. So he felt very discouraged. You know, he was in prison. He was in a pit. He, he was going through so much and each and every time the Lord delivered him, but you know, he was frustrated within himself or I'm not going to do this no more. (laughs) But you know, for anybody who's called, it's like, you cannot not do it. It burns in our hearts and it burns to know um, um, the word. You know, there's multiple times where like, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I I can't press forward no more. Like, this is too much already. Like, no one cares. The family doesn't want to listen. You turn on the news. No one cares to know who Christ is. Um, I'm done. Hmm. But you enter into this place of just not feeling full. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're not fulfilling your life. You know, I've had the opportunity to teach and Scott has allowed those opportunities. I'm even sharing online mm-hmm. and any one of you guys doing it, you know that like, dude, I, this is why I was created. This is mm-hmm. why I was born. That's, and the, not, that's the moment that you feel normal. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. the moment where like, this is what I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to have that dry season of not doing anything. It's very gotcha. discouraging. You know, we're shut down and you see things getting progressively worse. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, well, what's the point? Mm-hmm. But his word burns mm-hmm. and it burns. And I think we go through, we, we do, we know that we go through our trials in order to, to feed what God has ministered into our hearts to others who are going through these same trials, through these same situations. Um, in my moments of feeling hopeless, I know that there's a hope. And I just want to relay that to someone mm-hmm. else who's feeling these same um, discouragements, these same struggles, these same battles. Um, for a lot of us as men, you know, we're more stuck in our head mm-hmm. and we have to take things moment by moment. And uh, it's just, yeah, dude, it's just been an interesting time. You know, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been kind of a, a discouraging time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be that demi uh, Debbie, Debbie, Downer. Debbie Downer, you know, but um, God has been faithful. God has been good. You know, I've been praying for vision. I've been praying for passion and living hope is something that he's um, definitely showing me, you know, to do this podcast. God has shown me a couple years ago to um, 
um, pray about moving out of state. So I've been praying about that for a couple of years and to do so much, yep. you know, but you do like I was just sharing earlier, you kind of yeah. you worry about what God's going to do mm. and you fail today. Mm. I don't want to do that, you know, so I yeah. want to stay faithful today. You know, I, I want I, I, I feel led to uh, share like a, a word of encouragement mm. to you, man, um, because one thing. When, when, uh, I use this analogy often about a duck in a sandbox, Mm -hmm. right? And when a duck is in a sandbox, he's looking at all the other animals that do well in the sand, Mm -hmm. right? And there they are with their paws and claws and things that do well in the sand. And he's there with, with his webbed feet. Yeah. And if you picture a duck in a sandbox, Kind of odd. It's odd. Like <laughs> yeah. if he if he's got to dig a hole yeah. or if he's trying to whatever. But it isn't until you put that duck in water that all of a sudden it makes sense, mm-hmm. right? And when you have like uh, when you're a Christian, when you get saved, the Bible says that all things pass away and all things yeah. become new. And so you're un- you're you're like your own species mm-hmm. that that finds itself when it enters into its calling. And I'm listening to you share about how uh, a couple of things as you're speaking, dude, how, um, you know, you feel alive when you're teaching Mm -hmm. and you feel like, you know, that's like a duck in water, Mm -hmm. right? And then you get around other people that they're they're conversationalists, they're super comfortable Mm -hmm. and just group settings and they mm-hmm. and they seem to just thrive they sit down places no problem mm-hmm. they're going on about it or or there's other people that they're writers or they're or they're introverts and so yeah. you put them by themselves and they thrive they just yeah. they just read and write and they love it yeah. I've, I've, my wife loves the quarantine time because she struggles when people She's say chilling. hey you should yeah, yeah she, she she'd rather be in that environment and so she digs that and the, and the words of encouragement I want to share to you is because you mentioned something earlier, kind of interesting. You were mentioning Jesus, and you were mentioning how uh, how you love His boldness. Mm-hmm. And you know, right now, there's a lot of people around you showing you how they do ministry. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're looking at them and like, well. I need to work a little more on that, or I, mm-hmm. I, then really, it's not the same as just looking at Jesus. Yeah, because when you become the version of yourself, when all you're doing is mimicking Christ, mm-hmm. that's when you f- truly feel like yourself. Yeah, and in times like this, like quarantine, where you're because you mentioned to me, you you mentioned earlier when we were talking before this podcast, and you mentioned it now mm-hmm. as we're talking about just dark times, like. These difficult feelings and in, in, in during this time of quarantine, mm-hmm. that the preparation time that God is spending right now in 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 molding you and bringing you to those places you mentioned a wilderness earlier and mm-hmm. how Christ had to go to a wilderness, I believe is for is for the the season that God's leading you into. Yeah, man. and and you know just continue to keep your eyes on Christ and mimicking yeah. Christ, dude, because I know that it's like, like even doing this podcast, right? Like you're, you're like, 
it's not your full <laughs> element. Yeah. As if you had something like this is what guys. I have to say. Like, let me put this. Yeah. No, but dude, yeah. but that's the thing, bro. Like, here's the here's the reason why that's so important, yeah. bro, is because you're not alone. And there's a lot of people out there who like they, they when they try to jump on 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 something that somebody else is doing, mm -hmm. it's like it's it's hard, but when you do what you were made to do, called mm -hmm. by Christ, it's mm -hmm. not like that, dude. Yeah, not at all. And and yeah. all of a sudden, it's natural. And so I'm, I'm kind of curious, though, like, okay, do, do you come from a family of believers? I don't, no. Okay. I mean, we grew up being told that we were Catholic. Okay. Um, we never went to Catholic church. Got you. Catholics are Catholic. Yeah. You're right. Catholic. Right. You're religious um, when, like, someone dies yeah. or, like, when somebody's married, and that's exactly. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was always taught by my dad that, you know, pray to God. Um, there is Jesus. There is a heaven. There is a hell. Mm -hmm. um, he shared to the extent of his knowledge. You know, I grew up with a loving family. My mom and dad have been married for 30 years. I've always had my father in my life. I've always had my mother in my life. I'm the oldest of um, four, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's me. And um, But we didn't grow up knowing Christ, Jesus. you know. Mm -hmm. And we didn't grow up um, really caring about the things of the Lord, you know, for us, it was more like make money, uh, do your thing, and then whatever free time you have, just, you know, we were, I was partying and drinking at the your age dad, of 12 years old. Your you dad a working man? He is a working man. He's uh, an electrician. Okay. Yeah. Sparky. So, sparky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm a welder. Okay. That's kind of like, yeah. yeah follow that route. Yeah. So <laughs> he, so he, um, dad plants seeds of like, of mm -hmm. like God, right? Mm -hmm. So there's that little tug in your heart like always open to god yeah but there's no relationship with the lord no relationship whatsoever no not so, at all so he, like was is, is there a lot of alcohol in the home or there was there's was a lot of drinking um there was a lot of partying you know um, like family up, mostly like family mostly you know um every friday kind of uh, i'll crack open a beer drink smoke and kind of hang out, you know, seeing that growing are, now up. Now, just are we talking cigarette smoke or are we cigarette talking? smoke? Okay, yeah, 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 no. <laughs> just curious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, just some families. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you were, um, I, was, I was laughing. I was listening to one of the podcasts, and you were like, um, "Yeah, uh, it's kind of weird, you know, all these skunks around." Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Now I know dude. what that is. Yeah. Um, so, so, so drinking. But not not like evil upbringing. You said mom and dad love each other. No, yeah, it's just mom not, and dad very not a relationship loving, with God. Yeah, exactly. There was just no presence of the Lord and obeying God and, and understanding his ways, you know. I didn't come to the Lord until I was 23. How did that happen? Well, we could go there. Um, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, let, let's kind of um, start there. So I started drinking at 12 years old. I started being a knucklehead, and I had older uncles and cousins that I was kind of hanging around Um I got an uncle who's a Marine, uh, lived the pirate's life his whole life, you know what I mean, gung-ho. Um, and like the last three to four years of his life, he surrendered to the Lord. And I thought it was interesting because he was starting to serve at his church, you know, behind the tech board. Mm. And well, like, this is, this is, this is Uncle John here mm. serving the Lord. Like, this, this is interesting. This like, no. pirate, like, like, wow. Um, and then he got um, sick and he ended up in the hospital. Mm. And uh, he was like one of those pillars in our family, you know, mm. he was one of those uh, um, uncles that if he's doing something or he's inviting us over, we're all there. How old was he when he became Christian? He was Christian? young. Um, he was about 51 and he died, at, I believe, 55. Wow. Um, so he was young. Um, and I remember walking into his um, 
hospital room. I'm like, hey, uncle, I'm praying for you, you know, whatever that meant to me at the time. And he goes, that's right. He goes, keep the faith. And I thought that was so strange. Like, what do you mean keep the faith? Like, you're dying. Why isn't your God, why isn't your Jesus healing you? Hmm. You know, what do you mean keep the faith? It, it, it messed with me because I'm like, you should be healed. Like, you, you believe in this Jesus, and then you're you're dying, and you're rejoicing. You know, they're saying that he's singing praise songs. And it's just like, wow, like, you've transformed. You've changed. So it brought an interest, another seed planted, you know, to keep the faith. And um, you could see... uh. God kind of calling me there. It, it really um, was interesting to me that whether the outcome was positive or bad, he was willing to stay fixed on Jesus. You think of Job and all that he went through, you know, and he, he rebukes his wife. Woman, well, should we only receive good and not bad from the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, blessed be the name of the Lord. He's still willing to praise and honor God despite any circumstance. Um, you know, and then I was sharing uh, how I went to my cousin's uh, birthday party. He turned 21. It was a big old thing. People started gathering. We ran into an old friend that we didn't recognize each other, and we got into a squabble. You know, I was already drunk. He was drunk. Um, and him and his friends jumped me. I got jumped by like 12 guys. Oh, dang. And they just beat me almost to a pulp. I mean, I got back up. I, I kind of came to, and I went on the attack, and we're right there fighting in the corner, and then they got me down again, and it was only because of my cousins to kind of jump over me that kind of stopped it from getting any worse. Um, so I was in the hospital for a few days, and in that time within the hospital, Damn. they were taking scans, and they saw internal bleeding in my head. They were wondering whether or not they wanted to operate and go inside, Um but they, as they were waiting, um, I'm there in the hospital, and my uncle dies. Ugh. So he's in the hospital. I'm in the hospital. My dad's kind of like, mm. hey, where do I go? My son's here. My uncle's there. I just got this news. And I'm like, all that keeps coming to my mind is keep the faith. Keep the faith. And this is what he stood for. In this moment, I should keep the faith, mm. you know? And I started this... Um, searching of the scriptures. I was 19 years old. I started searching the scriptures. I started reading in John. Um, What this beating did to me, it made me really bitter. It made me really angry. I wanted to kill this guy. Yeah. I wanted to find him. I wanted to kill him. It brought a rage in me that I have never experienced before. Yeah, you want revenge. I want revenge. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm 19 years old. And all uh, you got to live for at 19 is pride, right? Right, exactly. And I'm like, I, why am I at work bothered about this person that doesn't even care who I am or doesn't even know that I'm here internally wrestling and battling? Um, and I remember my grandma got saved at, in 2001. And she would invite me, hey, you want to come here? You want to come here? I was like, no, no, no. I don't want nothing to do with it. Um like I said, my uncle got saved, and he would kind of share. My aunts got saved, and they would share. And my one of my aunts would always call me and be like, Hey, Mijo, um, don't worry. She would lead me to Matthew 6, 26. Don't you know you're more valuable than these birds? God's going to take care of you. God's going to provide for you. Don't worry. Um, and I remember wrestling at work and with anger and bitterness because of this event that happened. Um, my grandma had called me, and she's like, Why don't you put on, like, worship? I was like, worship. Was your grandmother a believer? She was. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up coming to the Lord and she was like, why don't you put on worship? Mm. 
I'm like, okay, cool. I go, what's the station? She gave me the station. And then I was like, all right. So I go to work and I completely hacked it. I went to the wrong station. I ended up going to K-Wave. And they were, it was focused on the family and they were talking about John. And my experience that I had when I was 14 years old, like I said, when I opened up the Bible, it was John, John chapter 21. Mm. So fast forward at 19, um, I turn the radio and they're talking about how awesome John is and this book and this and that. And it sparks an interest because of my previous experience. So I start reading and I'm falling in love with this person, this, this Jesus. And I remember struggling to comprehend what was being said just real quick like when you say you you were falling in love mm-hmm. like I, I mean we generally kind of know what you mean but can you explain what you mean by you're falling in love with jesus by reading the text yeah i mean i was denying it but i i, I was i was falling in love i i was genuinely falling like fascinated like with I him was and fascinated just fascinated with what he was saying i was so intrigued it was so fresh so mm-hmm. new I felt like my heart was just like being made, it was being made new. Um, And I was reading as I got into John, um, one of the most fascinating things that I experienced was when the Holy Spirit revealed to me that God is my father. Mm. I was like, this is dope. Like you're telling me that this creator of the universe is my father, that he is willing and to have this deep relationship with me. And then I got into acts and then I so on and so forth. Mm. And, um, it, it took almost what, 18, 19, 23 years before I fully surrendered mm. because I was so stubborn. I was in a relationship. I was still kind of okay. acting a fool. I was having, so you had, yeah, you had sin like a hold of you, exactly. while, you while you were simultaneously Exa- learning who Jesus exactly. is. Exactly. And falling in love, so, with which this, is a common story, yeah, by the falling way, falling in love with this person. Um, and then having this, that you're I was addicted in this to. conflict, you know what I mean? I was, I had my friends and I didn't want to leave my friends and, um, you know, it, it led up to a point where I was so flooded with the word that I was reading. God literally drew a line in the sand and said, are you going to serve me? Hmm. Well, what, what are you going to do? And I was still wrestling. I was still in this battle of, of not wanting to fully surrender because of my desire and my own appetites. Um, and in 2014, I was 22 in the beginning and in May is my birthday. So I got saved in April of 2014. So right before I turned 23, I had this experience with the Lord um, where I was in my room and I woke up in the middle of the night, but I felt like this pressure. You know, I got attacked. Mm. And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart, say Jesus. So I said, Jesus, and it fled. I'm like, that was weird. Like, oh, was this like sleep paralysis? So I ended up going to bed that, that next night and um, having this dream of me telling my mother about this experience that I had. And then um, she goes, oh, what was it? A demon? And I was like in my dream, I'm like, don't say it. And then as soon as she said it in my dream, I woke up and I had this same feeling. Yeah. And it was weird because I've never felt a feeling of hate, like deep hate. And I, uh, God was there to remind me to say, Jesus. I said, Jesus. And... It fled, you know, and I remember it was a 1.55 in the morning. I got on my knees and I said, Lord, from here on out, I'm going to serve you. I'm done playing games. So you gave your life to the Lord on your own in your room. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
I was done playing games. I was like, well, your name has this kind of power. What are you going to do with my life? What can you do with my life? Mm. And I surrendered to the Lord. I ended up leaving my relationship. You know, it's funny. The relationship that I was in is, you know, five years later, she's my fiance now. You know, so really? the Lord. Yeah. Dude. So, so, so. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um, I, I walked, a, I walked wild. away. I got saved in April. I walked away from the relationship in May. And then five years later, the Lord did a whole work in her oh heart and my heart. And he brought us back together. I didn't know So, know yeah, that. that's super cool. Um. I want to I pause you for a second. You brought up something interesting. I don't know if a lot of people are familiar with what you're talking about when you're talking about sleep paralysis, demons mm-hmm. on top of you. That's something, by the way, I struggled with as well. Um, crazy idea, crazy topic, because... It is. Yeah. It's like... I was kind of nervous it's to the, go there. <laughs> it, no, it's fine, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think someone might be hearing this and be going through that exact mm-hmm. thing that you're, you've experienced... Where it's this feeling of you, you're you could be a, in a dream, and you just feel this presence of evil, perhaps in the dream. You wake up, sometimes you can't move, mm-hmm. you can't talk, um, and then the idea that you're paralyzed. First of all, that's like the first frightening mm-hmm. experience that you have, and then the next idea is you, sometimes you'll see like shadows in the yeah. room. And, um, I battled with that, and I had to exactly do the same thing of, of just prayer. I knew actually. Um, Ivan mm-hmm. uh, would, would struggle with that. I remember being on a missions trip with Ivan, and uh, I think he, he shared that somebody woke him up because they heard him praying, and he was like, they woke him up out of that experience itself. And it's, uh, there's a, a few things that I had been taught. Um, actually, one of those things was, was Mike sharing with me at the time. Do you remember? I was, uh, there, would be, there was a season in my life when I was like, dude, I, I would have like a dream and then like sometimes I was like, dude, you were in it. And then I would wake up and then it'd be like sleep paralysis. Because of me being in Yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you were on top of me beating <laughs> me up. Um, so a few things. One is if there's sin in your life, first of all, you got to mm-hmm. get rid of that. Because yep. that's like definitely a portal for, mm-hmm. for demonic oppression, yeah, demonic attack. You want to get rid of that. If you are abiding with Christ... Um, have a repentful heart and you're moving forward, you're, mm-hmm. let's say, like, dude, like, I'm not, like, practicing mm-hmm. continual sin. It could also be that they're just messing with you because you're mm-hmm. a child of God. And one of the things that, because I started to, I went through a phase, because I dealt with that a lot, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and I went through a phase where I started to question God's, mm-hmm. like, goodness, his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Yeah. And I remember Mike <laughs> encouraged me. He said, you know, when... A kid goes to sleep at night and a grenade goes off outside of his window. He's going to wake up frantic yeah. and afraid. But you take a soldier and he's out there in the bi- battlefield and he's asleep. When that grenade goes off outside his window, he's going to wake up way different mm-hmm. than somebody who's not prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, you have to understand that you are in a battle mm-hmm. um, and be ready for that warfare so that when it comes, it's not going to impact you the same way it would someone who's um, immature about it. Yeah. So that was some of the lessons that I had to take with me. And, you know, I think there's scientists who will tell you that it's just a a psychological thing. And I think even sometimes maybe it is a psychological thing sometimes, but I think it's rooted in demonology. Absolutely. And it it spreads over to sometimes where your mind can just trick you into that. Like all of a sudden you're seeing the devil and that's exactly what the devil yeah. wants yeah. is he wants you to be able to get your eyes off of the light get your yeah. eyes off of god off of jesus 
And so if, if anyone's out, out there listening to you, um, just know there's power in the name of Jesus and that he can take that away. No, and, and that's absolutely true. And there is, you know, I mean, we hear it so often, but there is truly something in his, I mean, his name mm-hmm. that, that these demons and the devils tremble at. Um, he's the almighty. We know that Jesus is God. And for anybody listening and anybody viewing this, um, you know, it's an interesting topic, you know, and, and just rewinding a bit. I was going through those experiences, those dark dreams. Like I said, the Lord was trying to get my attention and I was refusing it. And I ended up, ended up entering into this, trying to choose what side to go on. You know, in that episode that happened to me, it was like, all right, Lord, like I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. There is no more playing games like this is real. Like there's a dark side. Um, but before all that, um, I was in my room and I would see shadows. I would see things that I didn't understand. I was having deep, dark nightmares. Um, I remember having this one nightmare where I was picked up. And I don't want to sound strange as we're going through this. You know, this is just what I experienced. Um, I remember being um, asleep in my dream. And I don't know if you've ever had a dream where you're like in a dream and a dream and a dream and a dream. And you never mm. feel like you're going to wake up. And I remember being in this stage of like, when is this going to like this awkward sense that I, I can't really explain. I remember picking in my dream, it was like these tall, lanky, like beans picking me up. And I remember f- so being so frantic in my dream, like, put me down, put me down, put me down. And I had these dark dreams and they just progressively got worse. And I had already understood and, and kind of knew that that the Bible was God's word. Mm. And I remember like, being so frustrated with the dreams, being so frustrated with being tormented every night and not understanding why. You know, I was raised having my father in my life, so I didn't necessarily do the... the, I don't want to compare it, but I didn't do the things that my friends were doing. I did have discipline. There were reserves where I was like, I'm not going to go that way because when I get home, I'm going to get a beating. Mm. But there was definitely something happening where I was experiencing this darkness i was experiencing um demonic activity you know and i remember having these dreams and being fearful to just go to sleep i was like i don't want to go to sleep because i'm going to go through this again and um i was having my you know my aunt my grandma praying for me and i remember getting the bible and putting the bible under my bed (laughs) like 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 or or under my pillow and just sleeping with it and it sounds strange but you know almost like sleeping with the bible as if it was like a teddy bear like Mm -hmm. i just want the word, the book, mm-hmm. close to me. Mm-hmm. And I remember every night I, I slept with the Bible, um, I didn't have these dreams. So that was interesting. And mm-hmm. I would test it. Like, I, I would, all right, I'm not going to sleep with the Bible. And then I would get these dark dreams. So I knew that there was something in the Bible. And it's not necessarily the pages. It's not the binding. It, it's the word, you know. And I think God was drawing me to his word because I was like, there's something powerful about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had that experience. I surrendered. Um, but it is, it's, it's real. And I think anybody who's going and experiencing demonic activity and and is feeling fearful, you don't have to feel that way because of who Christ is, Mm. you know, and knowing that you're seeing something that is real and it doesn't make any sense, but by simply saying his name, um, they tremble at that. You know, you think of the, um, time where Jesus went to the, uh, um, uh, demoniac, you know what I mean? A legion, he went to legion Mm. and there was fearful like like don't Mm. don't do nothing to us before our time and he cast them into the pigs like they knew who he was yeah you know and um 
by saying his name, by, by um, um, they, they, it's so, it's hard to explain. There's so much power in who yeah. Jesus is. Yeah, there's something know? interesting about that uh, story, you know, that I always trip out on when I read it still, and that is that um, there's something they know about Jesus that we don't mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Now, we we know, but we've never seen it, right? Like, like when I read of, because we know the lamb, right? Mm-hmm. He came as the lamb first. Mm-hmm. And he showed us and gave us the example of how to follow him, the lamb. Right? Yeah. And then he told us, and the Old Testament prophesies that he's also the lion. Yeah. But it isn't until we find out later that he's coming twice that we see that first he came as a lamb, mm-hmm. and then he's coming as the lion. So we haven't seen the lion. We, mm-hmm. We've heard of it. But the demons know him in some other lighting than we do to such a degree that when they saw him, they're like, no, no, yeah. like it's not time. And he's yeah. like, no, like yeah. it's not, it's not that time. Mm-hmm. It's wow. not that time yet. Mm-hmm. And, and then he continues on the lamb. Like mm-hmm. he, he cast them out, but yeah. it isn't this, it isn't whatever made them respond that way. Wow. Yeah. I've never and, even and, thought of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the Lord's really shown me something with that. And I just, cause you brought it up. Like, yeah. Um, and, and, and that's where I, I carry on in what Christ has shown me. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a lot of stuff I don't know either. Like same thing, like you, like mm-hmm. there's situations and I'm like, I hesitate myself, like mm-hmm. sharing certain things because I'm like, well, oh, that's going to sound, sound this strange. way or yeah. Weird. yeah. But I, I, I've come to conclude like, okay, um, here's what I know, mm-hmm. like, and because there is a lot of people that deal with that stuff, like yeah. the darkness. And and um, I think it's important for Christians to stay focused on what Christ is saying. Yeah. One of the things my dad had to teach me, and it pays off dividends for me in the construction world where I'm at right now, is listen to what someone's saying and not how they're saying it. Yeah. Um, because he learned that in the Marine Corps and the Marine Corps, they're yelling, cussing at you and calling you names. But really all they told you to do was go outside at this time exactly. and be here. Yeah. So, so know in your mind what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens to me at this point in my mm-hmm. life where the foreman's like, you mother effer, this mm-hmm. and yeah. that, get yeah. over here. And if you're not done with this yeah. by four lunchtime, then I'll kick you right off the job, yeah. you yeah. piece of whatever. Yeah. Right. But all he said was go do this and make sure it's done before <laughs> lunch. Right. That's all he said. Yeah, that, that, so, so to, to, yeah. yeah. So to learn to read between the lines as to what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And if you're a Christian and you're listening and you're dealing with demonic oppression, if you're a Christian, Guess what? He has no authority over your life, yeah. right? And that's a reality, exactly. right? So the experience becomes, uh, dude, I can't explain a lot of things mm-hmm, on this yeah. earth. I can't explain why my mom Absolutely. got sick when I was a kid or why, you know, a baby got cancer right mm-hmm. now or like why a Christian that I know that's been following the Lord for 10 years is dealing with, you know, evil presence mm-hmm. and and I don't have a recipe to give them. Like, yeah. look, if you you know drink warm water before you go to bed and you know open up to this page, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. But I do know this: like, I know that there's authority in the name of Absolutely. Christ, and that He's greater Absolutely. than anything else. 
and if I belong to him, mm-hmm. then those things can't touch yeah. me. Like they, they don't, I don't belong to them. Yeah. That doesn't mean that these things don't happen. We don't experience yeah. them. Why one Christian has a hard life and loses a bunch of yeah. family members and gets cancer and another Christian is just like, yeah, it's just cool. like, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Like I, they gave me this free car and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, my yeah. wife asked me to marry her, you know what I mean? Or whatever his <laughs> yeah. story is. And, 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 and I don't have an answer for why one is this way, one is the other way, but in both of those lives, one yeah. thing is true, and that is you are either belonging to the Lord or not. Mm-hmm. And if you do belong to the Lord, then you're His. Yeah. And yeah. what He's doing with your life, He's in control. Absolutely. And I think denying Satan of that control is one of his last attempts to like mm-hmm. grasp when you're giving your life to the Lord. Yeah. Right? Is just scare tactic. Like exactly. If he can't keep because he keeps you with all this other stuff, right? You're your people's porn and their lust and their whatever drugs, whatever the thing is. But once they start cutting that stuff out, it's like the salesman. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those uh, seminars where they're like, Hey, we'll give you a free trip, but you got to listen to our guy for like to try to sell you one of those timeshares or whatever. And you're like, well, sure. I could say no to somebody. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the hood, bro. I'll say no to someone's face. And there you are four hours later (laughs) and you're still like, uh, no, thank you, bro. Like I'm not. And then their last tactic is the fear tactic. They'll bring a different person. and be like, look, dude, we came here. We're, we're, we're sharing with you why yeah. this is so good. Mm-hmm. You know, we're giving you all this stuff for free. And you're just like, you won't, you're not even paying attention. Like, yeah. you don't even care. You just kind of, and it's like, whoa, where did this tone yeah. come from? You know, it's like the last attempt. Like, maybe I could just guilt this or just yeah. use a different tactic. And so yeah. I think, I think, I don't know for certain, but mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of that. You're telling your story about how, you know, Christ is in your life and or coming into your life. and and you But you start dealing with this super dark mm-hmm. stuff. Now, do you still deal with that stuff? Or? I don't no more. No. Um, it was only in the beginning when I actually... I mean, you go through your own oppressions and, and you go through different things, but nothing to that extent. Mm. Um, when I was coming to the Lord and He was drawing me, that's when it really kicked up. Um, then I had that experience when I surrendered. Um, but other than that, you know, I've only been walking with the Lord for going on to seven years. It's been six years. So, so you break up with your girlfriend... Mm-hmm. And how is that? Like, you just tell her, like, hey, you know what? I, well, the relationship was, was crumbling. It, it, it was crumbling. Um, I was falling in love with the Lord, and I was going to church in secret, you know, and um, she thought uh-huh. I was cheating. She thought I was doing this. I was just falling in love with Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, and I didn't know how to share that. I didn't know how to explain that I'm falling in love with this being that do I you, can't see. Do you think that's because she was the epitome of your sin, and he was the epitome of your salvation, and so you just didn't know how to mix that with her or not at all yeah i was completely torn and not knowing how to mix the two um, what, what so was her only, background um and only share to whatever degree no yeah she, a- a- absolutely she she's a sweetheart she's absolutely kind she's always been sweet i've known her since she was 15 mm-hmm. um we met in high school um but she did have a, a rough upbringing you know her father was an alcoholic and she's experienced a lot of things um she didn't know the lord she didn't grow up knowing the Lord. Um, so I came to Jesus, and I would share bits and pieces. And she would listen, but she really couldn't grasp it, you know. And um, I didn't really know how to share it or teach it. And I was kind of, like, hiding, and I was scared to really, hey, there's this, there's that. You know what I mean? I didn't want to overload her with what I was actually doing, Um or say that I'm going to church behind your back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
but she she grew up um, kind of having a, a a rough life, seeing a lot with her father, mm-hmm. you know, seeing a lot with her mother. But um, she came to the Lord. I came to the Lord in April. She came to the Lord like maybe like five, six months after. Mm. And there's, that's a whole different story on how she came to the Lord. But other than that, her background was, it, it was simple. Mm. Um, she grew up down the street from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing too, too extreme, but, you know, she, she does have a story. That's crazy. So now, but just because she got saved five months after, she's not back in your life. No, not, not for another five years. Right. Yeah. So now you're floating in this like single Christian, like, Mm -hmm. just like, what do you have for me, Lord? Exactly. Wow. So I got saved in April. And then, you know, like I said, I've had that demonic experience. And this is something I don't share. Only a few friends know. And I'm just being transparent here. Um, What I'll, like you said, there's things that like, I don't want to share to sound weird. Um, God was showing me things and he was, I had some weird like experiences. For example, I was in my room. um, I woke up in the middle of the night. And I saw a man in my room dressed in white and my vision was kind of blurry. And I remember like waking up like, oh, well, like, is that you, Lord? And I went back to sleep without any fear. Not not like I experienced previously where I woke up and I was like fear and, and I felt trapped. I felt scared and I knew that I had to say Jesus and it fled. This was like so much peace, so much love. And another time... I woke up, um, I was facing my wall, and I felt like my room was glowing. I don't want to sound strange. This is just what I experienced. Uh I felt like my room was glowing. And I was, like, trying to turn to see what it was, and I couldn't turn. I just was unable. But I have never experienced so much love. It was, like, piercing through me where I was, like, feeling... Like, I could go right now, like, this is this is amazing. What is this? And I just, like, I was like, like Lord, it's you. And um, then that, that was over, and then um, I was kind of blown away at what had happened. Um, but I was like, okay, I want to go deeper. I want to know who this Jesus is, because this is... Okay, so the, this is, like, early when you got saved. Yeah, this okay. is, like, the next couple weeks. Mm. Um, I'm like, I want to really know who this Jesus is. I want to, I want to experience him a lot deeper than I've ever have. You know, I was Mm. reading John into Acts, but I was very shallow still, not understanding the scriptures. So when I got saved, um, I started attending church a lot more frequently. I started with the pursuit, um, with Wade. What what was Christianity seeming like to you during that season? A bunch of old people. I thought Christians were just a bunch of old people ready to tap out. So let's cling to this Jesus Mm. so that we could have salvation. That's just being honest. Like we're going to die. So let's have (laughs) hope that something's there. I did not think that Christians like, like we're we're, like this, like young, like there's Christians Mm. out there that are young, you know? Um, I, I, <laughs> that's I, an interesting perspective. It sounds, like, so, <laughs> it sounds so weird, you know. Yeah. What I mean, like I, hindsight, I'm like, dude, like I was so foolish and no, ignorant, ignorant to a lot. But that teaches us a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you thought that, how many other things do people yeah. think out mm-hmm. there, right? You know, like, you know what's funny is, um, I ended up um, listening to Raw on the radio and really intrigued with his studies on demonology because I've had those experiences, mm-hmm. so it really captivated me. I was like, wow, that's a big church. I, I go, there has to be like a youth service there. There has to be something where, I mean, it's a big church. There has to be young people. There can't just be old people. <laughs> you <laughs> found out who Raul was through the radio. Through the radio. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And um, I remember going on the website 
and looking at the children's ministry, looking at the junior high ministry, saying, all right, children's not for me, junior high, not for me. And then it said college and career. And I was like, not for me. You know, like I ain't, I, ain't, I don't go to college. I ain't got a career. See. So like, that's oh. what I thought when I first heard <laughs> college and career. I'm I like, still, no. I still attest for them to change that name. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, no, this ain't for me. But, um, I was like, no, I was still interested. So I ended up calling and I was like, is, is this okay for me to come? Because I don't go to college and I ain't got a career. And then she was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, all right, awesome. So I showed up and I was blown away that the pastor was so young. I mean, Wade's only like a year and a half older than me. And um, he started teaching the word mm. and it started ministering to my heart. It started coming. I would walk out of that place feeling horrible. So I would go to Sundays too and I would listen to Raw. <laughs> in a good Shout way. Shout out Wade. Hor- yeah. Horrible yeah, yeah, in a good yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Convicted. Convicted. Yeah. And then the same thing with Raw, listening to him on Sunday, I would walk out like, oh man, I need to get right. Mm. You know? Oh, see, that's, see, now that is a, is a clarity statement, right? Like, because as a Catholic, you feel terrible when your girlfriend comes in your room, then you got a little picture of Jesus right there. Yeah. <laughs> so you make sure you put that in the drawer, right? Like, but, but it's a total different thing mm-hmm. than just like, oh, God makes me feel bad about what I'm doing mm-hmm. versus hearing the truth of God making you say, I need a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you would hear Wade or Rawl teach. Mm-hmm. And I and I only want to point that out because there's some people that struggle with Calvary Chapel, particularly Golden Springs, mm-hmm. things I've heard where they're like, yeah, the pastor just is really like, you know what, you know, like calling people out. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's always been effective Absolutely. because I've realized I need to change, bro. Absolutely. Like I could come and be like, Jesus is great and God loves me, but I'm sinking right now yeah. because I'm a slave to yeah. sin. And like I, I, I just got saved not knowing nothing. I, the last thing I needed was to go to someone who's going to sugarcoat. It's all good. You know, it's all good. Yeah. Like, it's not all good. I got so demons good. in yeah, my dreams. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like something's happening yeah. in my life. Don't. Don't sugarcoat this to right. me. Going to and what needed, or, or you needed to change. I needed to change. Mm-hmm. I needed. I needed to really learn and, and to grow. And now, what things really had a hold of you, bro? If you if you don't mind, sex, pornography, um, drinking, partying, my friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, those are really heavy, heavy things. Were those things that when you went home and you were like, okay, because I know salvation came before that. That like those things disappeared, mm-hmm. right? You kind of alluded to. Like you, 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 you came to know who God is, but it's through teaching, which I'm, I'm saying yeah. this for a reason, because I think it's important for yeah. people to know it was through the teaching of the word of God by teachers who taught it without compromise exactly. that you realize a lot of things got to go. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so is that an immediate process for you or is that like this fight for the next few years? It's I'm stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, it's this fight. I mean, I was, I was still watching porn mm-hmm. you know and i'm saved i surrendered and said, i've already said hey jesus i'm gonna serve you for the rest of my life and still watching porn every night you. you know and, and still kind of dabbling other things that i shouldn't have but you see that god was removing these things and really exposing them and i want to i want to stop start- I, i'm sorry like i want to stop there for a second because i think it's super important mm-hmm. um because us as christians we we graduate constantly to a place of maturity Mm -hmm. right but here's where we go wrong i think 
is as we graduate to maturity, we're always frowning at the step right behind us. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm so irritated with these kids that have been coming because I could see in their faces that they're still living in sin. Yeah. Or I could just, you know, you know how sin is, dude. Like once you're serving in ministry for a while and you're, you're separated from those things. You feel like you can smell it on people. Almost yeah. like mm-hmm. you're just looking at them and you're like, dude, like the way the kid's sitting next to his girlfriend, or yeah. you just know what's going yeah. on, you know. Yeah. But you know, the Lord endured. Now, keep in mind when you gave your life to Him, He came into your life. He did. And yeah. the Bible says that for us not to go into sin, for we subject the Lord mm-hmm. to those things. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of him being su- subjected to those things, being that he's in your life and saved you, he doesn't abandon you. No. He's no. with you in from that process, like through that. Moving forward. And I think it's important for us as ministers or as servants of God or, or when we share with people that we maintain the patience mm-hmm. with them because if you, if you strike the rock or if you beat the kid, mm-hmm. you know, in your frustration... Yeah. Then it's like you're gonna stand before the Lord with yeah. like all that grace period that you are. Yeah. That's the one interesting thing, dude. I've never held things over people's heads because yeah. people confided in me when they were young about yeah. things they're struggling with. But I'll tell you what, dude, I'll never bring old stuff up. Yeah. But the day that I see a servant of God striking people when I know that they were confiding in me, mm-hmm. when they were here. I'm going to remind them, bro. Yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're hitting these people, these people real yeah. hard. You know, that man is you. I was yeah. kidding, you yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, like. Well, well, it's like the parable of the man who was the forgiven of of much. And then this guy who owed him a little bit. He says, yeah, dude, that's sent right. sent him to jail. Yeah. So then the, the king calls him in and is like, dude, like, I forgave you for like a million dollars. And yeah. this guy who owed you like 10 bucks you threw him in jail? Like, how yeah. dare you? Like, what happened, yeah. what happened to grace and forgiveness? Absolutely. Yeah. And so he gets punished after that. And that's so true. Yeah, so dude. True. And I, I, I asked you. God that draws a man to repentance. That's true, In the dude. same way, you know, having to share that love. Because you, you, you could beat someone all day and then you're just going to make them want to flee. They're going to feel so uncomfortable. They're not going to want to come. To, they're going to they're gonna think if that's Jesus, if that's God, I don't want it. Now, mm. what do you think the difference is? Um, you said that you beat somebody with it, right? Mm-hmm. But then you're also sharing how hearing a Bible study from guys who are telling you like it is, and you're walking out like, dude, what do you think that, and I'm just curious. I didn't feel beaten. I felt loved. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So explain I, I, that I, a little bit. I, you're, you're teaching this and you believe what you're teaching mm. and you know it to be true. And you're only telling me because it had power in your life and you love me. You know, you love the flock. So it was genuine. It was, I didn't, I never felt, I felt horrible because I was in sin. Because it was true. I was true. still yeah. struggling with things. Yeah. I was, it was true. And no one wants to hear the truth. It cuts. Yeah. You know, the word divides. Um, and that's what they were doing. I, I, when you love someone, you're going to share the truth, mm. even if it hurts. You that's know, true. obviously now I'm learning how to share truth in a, in a more, I guess. Gracious way. Gracious way. Um, but see, there's something to that, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, like, and, I, and I'm only digging up the stuff that you're no, sharing, uh, right? Yeah, and, absolutely. And that is that these people were hurting you with truth, but simultaneously you felt like they loved you. Absolutely. And and I, I challenge the listener who 
who rebukes in the name of truth, but but goes sometimes without considering whether or not he's communicating that he loves that person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because when when you when you correct people or tell them they're wrong, if they can't sense that you love them then you could justify it all you want later on by saying, well, I said it because I love them. But that's not what that person experienced. Not at all. And and that's one thing that we can't really fake. Like Mm -hmm. we can't, you can't, you can't sit down with a notepad Mm -hmm. and write down what Wade was doing in the facial expressions and the words he was using to make Gilbert feel loved while he was living in sin and seeking after God. But that is what he was doing. And that translated, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, this is a super important topic, right? Because this actually came up earlier while we were talking, and I'll share a, a mm. portion of it with you. You know, right now, the line's being drawn with like, like, hey, Christians have to stand up for righteousness. Yes. They're like, hey, listen, like, God's called us to, to, to fellowship, to assemble mm-hmm. together. Like, we're going to do what God's called us to do. Like... God's called us to meet together and to proclaim the word of God and to worship him. So we're going to do that. And so in the middle of us drawing these lines, I agree with them 100%, mm-hmm. by the way. Like, these are things we need to do. But we must also simultaneously remember that as we're drawing that line between the people who don't agree with us and the people who are getting on board, that the people who don't agree with us are still the ones that we're going after and loving. Mm-hmm. Like... To remember to love people that you disagree with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to see them as the ones that you're here to go after mm-hmm. as far as representing mm-hmm. Jesus' love to the lost. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that evangelism is, is every single person because, mm-hmm. you know, every calling is not evangelistic, yeah. right? So, like, if you're called to teach, like in my case, I'm called to teach. So I I don't feel I'm not like an evangelist, right? But I understand that Jesus came for the lost. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm teaching Christians, I'm also teaching them to know that the people that they're considering outside of that line that they've yeah. drawn, those are still the ones that Jesus went to. Yeah. The the Pharisees and Sadducees had a struggle with Christ yeah. because he was with Absolutely. the sinners, mm-hmm. right? And I'm not saying that I'm not talking right now like, oh, we're in the bars because we're trying to re- you no, know. Not I'm at talking all. about I'm talking about like your you're seeing these people not just as your enemies. And so and and I'm only pulling that out because you brought it up mm-hmm. and it's super dope mm-hmm. that that while you were that kid if everything was put on display in that mm-hmm. moment while you were that young man who was simultaneously watching pornography, off and on maybe sleeping with a girlfriend, whatever it is mm-hmm. you were doing, um, but then you were also like Christ was becoming real in your life yes. and you were like realizing who he is. If in that moment you could snap your fingers and see, oh, this kid's still living in sin, mm-hmm. bro. Like this kid's watching porn. He watched it like yeah. two hours before he came yeah. here. Like will, will us as servants of God will we in the name of what we're fighting for will we cast those people off or do we continue to love them and tell them truth mm-hmm. uncompromised boldly like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier with Christ but still seeing them as people that we're not counting out mm-hmm. and right now there's a crazy thing going on because of politics and because you know hey listen I know a lot of simple people 
who it's not it, it, it's it's just going to take time for yeah. them to, for them to hear things and for the wheels to turn in their head for them to start questioning certain things that they're being told by the mm-hmm. news or whatever but until those things are t- taking place which even in my own life took a process mm-hmm. for me to start uh, like i remember wheels just turning like wait a minute my favorite actor telling me that this is what's right like what is what yeah. does he know like yeah. you know but if you caught me like a month earlier like, I was like, that's my favorite actor. Like, yeah. he says this, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, we need to be gracious with the people who are on mm-hmm. the other side of that line mm-hmm. and remember to keep them as the people we're going after. Yeah. Uh, and Wade did a great job mm-hmm. of sharing truth, which was dividing, but also ministering to you. So, you, so anyways, back to your story, though. Like, you're, you're now starting to get convicted and you're like, dude, I need a change. Yeah, I need a change. And, and as I was growing and learning the word, I mean, God just started purifying. He started removing things. And, you know, it, a lot of people think that once you get saved, you're going to wake up glowing. It mm-hmm. doesn't work mm-hmm. like that. Like like God, he cleanses out your heart and he is so patient. He is so gracious with us to continue to do. I mean, we're not done yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even now, um, it sure. doesn't matter if I'm walking with the Lord, you know, 30 years from now, he's still molding and shaping yep. and, and cleansing me. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, the Lord did a work and, and you're surrendering things. And then um, I felt that call to ministry. So I got involved with the junior high first. And then I was with the junior high for a couple of years. With and Jose Cruz? Into, with Jose Cruz. Okay. And then mm. I got into the high school with Scott. And I've been there for three years now. Okay. Uh, three, almost going on four years. And it's been such a blessing. A lot of learning. Um, you know, going back to... The confusion that is happening these days. You know, I was sharing something. I think that's kind of what sparked it. You know, you you kind of commented. I was like, you see this divide between left and right, and everybody's confused. And politically, I know where I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know where we stand. But I'm not here to preach Donald Trump. You know, that's not where my good news comes from. I'm here to preach Jesus Christ. So I got to look and die to self and look at those people that I do disagree with and, and pray to God and say, how could I reach these people? I know. Because they're starving. And how could I um, share your love with them? And it takes death to self. It, it truly, mm-hmm. truly does take dying to yourself to reach these people who might reject you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But doing it boldly. I got to share with a young man um, a couple of weeks ago, 13 years old. He was, being, he was suicidal. He was struggling. He never even heard the gospel. And I'm like, wow, like, at least I grew up with like, oh, Jesus is God, God yeah, like, and there's yeah, heaven yeah. hell. Like, they truly know nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fixated on their phones. So, you know, comparison is the thief of joy and, and they're looking at everything around them and it's all fake and they don't know truth. Um, so help me, God, to, to be compassionate, to be gracious, to be kind. I, you know, I, I have that conviction where the Lord's showing me like, you still stand on one side as far as your political beliefs. But I haven't called you to that. I've called you to share my son and who he is. And I'm like, okay, Lord, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. And that's what I want to do. Um, yeah. You know, when, when you like, let's say, cause you're called to teach, you know, and um, it's funny that like, you might feel strongly about a certain sports mm-hmm. team or, um, you might feel strongly about a hot topic mm-hmm. like politically. And when you listen to like, if they record one of your sermons, right. And we push play like mm-hmm. 50 years from now. Yeah. 
maybe a hundred years, you're dead, mm. right? Um, the sermons that were about who to vote for, mm-hmm. the sermons that were about like who your favorite team was, the sermons that were about whatever political mm-hmm. hot topic, everybody then will just be like, oh, well, that's because he yeah. was in that time era. Or like, yeah. or not knowing that time era, I was just being like, what, what's he talking about? Yeah. But your sermons that are about Christ, mm-hmm. your sermons that are about what Jesus has done mm-hmm. in your life, your sermons that are about who God is, mm-hmm. your sermons that are about learning who Jesus is through these storms in your yeah. life, or your sermons that are about how God strength is made perfect in your weakness. Yes. Your sermons that are about um, um, him using the foolish things of this mm-hmm. world to confound the wise, right? Because these are sermons of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, they are timeless. Yeah. And and when I think about that, it brings a conviction to me. Mm-hmm. Listen, I had a, I had a, about an hour conversation with Cell about about views and things like that, mm-hmm. right? Like important, important yeah. stuff, political, somewhat, yeah, yeah, some of the yeah. stuff, right? But that's not our, that's, that's not no. our sermon. No. Right. No. Like, and, and, and I save, I've had those conversations with Max, shout out Max, who's behind one of the cameras right <laughs> now, uh, where, where I'm like, Hey, you want to know like what, like what I think about this or what, you know, yeah. I'll share with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll share if with you. Me, no I'll problem. You. Yeah. yeah. But that's not that's not what I'm investing in him. No. The time that I spend with him mm-hmm. and the like that's not the investment. Like yeah. the investment is Christ, dude. Like mm-hmm. and and who he is in my life and how when you get saved, you become unplugged from the lie mm-hmm. of Satan. And that's where it trickles over in a lot of your views. Yes. Right? Where you're like you're looking at life and you're looking again, I I allude mm-hmm. back to your favorite actors or whatever, yeah. your favorite musicians, mm-hmm. their views. And once you're unplugged mm-hmm. from slavery of the world you can't help but see people who are still are. Yeah. Even talented, beautiful people, mm-hmm. awesome people, kind people who have never said a negative yeah. thing, but you can still see that they're plugged in the matrix. Yeah. Dude. They're still like stuck in that world. And Absolutely. once you get unplugged, it starts to change the way you, yeah. you see things. So mm-hmm. for those of you who, who, who are, you know, uh, democratic Christians or, <laughs> you know, you, you hate Donald Trump, like, listen, d- d- don't let yourself completely be disconnected from Christians. Like the, the yeah. common ground is in Christ. Yeah. And, and over time, I think every person should be challenged with this thought. Absolutely. And that is I'm willing to let go of anything that God asks yeah. of me. So if I, if he, if he tells me, listen, like, you know, I don't want you to be all about sports or UFC mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm willing to let everything go. I'm not saying that God tells everybody to let all those things yeah. go. I'm just saying that everything should be able to be put on the chopping block yeah. before Christ, because the Bible says that, behold, we're a new creation. Absolutely. All things pass away. Absolutely. All things are made brand new. And I like to allude to the blank mannequin. You know, mm-hmm. like when you buy a mannequin for your store, mm-hmm. you don't want the one that comes with a permanent mohawk because it was yeah. in a punk store before. Yeah, You want the blank mannequin that you can make look like whatever mm-hmm. you need it yeah. to look like, right? <laughs> so anyways. I have a question for you. Why would you delete your social media? It was overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. I was I deleted during the time... Um, where everybody was started to post these little black squares mm. and I started seeing Christians post and I was like, I just need to disconnect from this because it's getting too overwhelming. It's getting very confusing. Everybody's confused and I needed to unplug to get right. Like I said, I felt like my brain cells were coming mm. back to life. You know what I mean? I started um, really diving deeper into my word. I really started studying other little things in order to kind of reach this generation and... um you know, I'm back, 
you know, but it comes with the greater discipline now. You know, I'm not always on it. I actually just deleted it today. Just it does start to, you know. I noticed that. Yeah, you just keep you just keep yourself you just keep yourself in check you with gotta that. Keep yourself yeah. check. You got to keep yourself um, um, tamed because mm-hmm. it, it'll grip you. Yeah, that's that's so interesting, fake. dude. That, that it is so fake. Like if I get like 500 people that are like, um, like I have so many mm-hmm. followers or whatever. Like there are people who have dropped off. Yeah. Right. So that means that those people that are still there, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are down with what I'm doing. Yeah. And it creates a false illusion that this is my world because mm-hmm. all these people are down with what I'm yeah. doing. Mm. And they're liking it and yeah. they're liking my stuff and all that. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, like I'm I'm yeah. good. And you become this little like disconnected human being. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the people who are looking at you like, bro, you're being an idiot. Like that's the 500th picture of like your face like yeah. you know the, instead of them saying that to you yeah. they just unfollowed you yeah they're just like so you're there's like this false belief right and and it those numbers are deceptive like yeah. right for me i'm small fish right but there's people out there with like thirty thousand followers yeah. like a million followers yeah. or whatever right and the, the, to every million followers there's another million people who who are looking and they're like i don't think so yeah so they got mm-hmm. you're talking about like uh a governor of a million mm-hmm. person town mm-hmm. and everybody moved out who thought you were lame <laughs> and all the people that are still living there think you're yeah. dope. Yeah. And so you're, you're fuming your own steam, but listen, like, well, as long as people surround, surround themselves mm-hmm. with yes, men, they will never be challenged in yeah. the thoughts and the th- words that they exactly. say. Yeah. It's an echo chamber. Yeah. It's, it's, it's chamber. crazy, bro. It's, yeah. it, it, and, and I like what you said about, um, uh, what did you say? Um, what did I say? What did you say? What did I say? <laughs> Moving on to the next Moving question. <laughs> you know, I, I saw you um, you deleted that recently. It reminded me of me. Um, I, I went through a season where I found myself, I was working at In-N-Out Burger at the time, and I was on my Facebook a lot. And I remember we had these 10-minute breaks. And I was like, okay, it basically gives you enough time to stuff down the double-double and maybe go to the restroom yeah. um, and scroll through your phone. And I, w- I went to get my phone in my locker, and I was like, dude, my phone's not here. And then I sat down, I was eating my burger, and I was sad because I was like, I can't check my Facebook. And then all of a sudden I realized, I was like, why am I so sad that I can't check my yeah. – like nobody probably even messaged yeah. me in yeah. that time, but I'm sad. Yeah, We become addicted And, and it, it was that point where I had to just be like – okay, like that's, that's too far. I, I, so I deleted it and I was off of it for close to six years. I was completely off the grid off of, and and it was right before Instagram got big too. So I never, I didn't have an Instagram Mm -hmm. and I was just off of it for so long until we started the Bible study here at my house on Mm -hmm. Friday nights and at that point, I was like, okay, like I want people to be able to see the Bible study. No, absolutely. It, it could be used mm-hmm. as a tool. Yeah. If you have the discipline, it could be used as a tool. It could be a, a platform to share. It could be used correctly. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the discipline, it could destroy you. Yep. You know? yep. And yeah, I think there's a big difference between when you have something, something has you. Mm-hmm. And I think a good little test for people to um, uh, give themselves is uh, if what you want to do or have to do yeah. or are trying to do is being dictated by the the, mm. the thing itself. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at everybody making the videos this way and that makes you want to start making videos that mm-hmm. way, 
well then guess what dude you don't have it it has exactly. you it's showing you you want this you exactly. you know the advertisement i was like oh I, like i love like vintage like yeah. apparel and stuff like that and all of a sudden like i'm like well i never seen that or, yeah i never seen that yeah. dude I, I didn't know they made jackets like that yeah. and and all of a sudden i'm like wait a minute this this has gone beyond me sitting down thinking like mm-hmm. you know what i could use i could, it's like sales tactics you know mm-hmm. i'm like i could use one of these i'm gonna go look where they have those versus i never even i i had no inclination that, that i needed mm-hmm. this until somebody showed me like mm-hmm. hey we're looking at one of these you know yeah. And so always drawing that line as Christians that you never have let anything have you. Exactly. You know, and so you sit down and you're like, I'm making this podcast. Who am I going to show it to? How can I show people? Now mm-hmm. that's you going out yeah. because of a necessity that you're looking for and yeah. saying, what platforms do I have that I can utilize yes. on this? Versus somebody saying, hey, oh, you mean you don't do a podcast? Dude? Yeah. Like, you don't do that? None of this stuff yeah. yet? Well, dude, that's what everybody's doing right now. Yeah. Like, you got to do it, you know? Yeah. Now that's it dictating to you, right? Exactly. So super important stuff. Yeah. Did you watch any of the, like, uh, um, videos that were talking about social media or... Like the, there's like some documentaries out there right oh, now. Oh, the social are, dilemma. Uh, social dilemma. Yeah, social I did. Dilemma. I watched half of it. That was. was, it was that, I haven't was, seen any of that yet. My brother was telling me it's pretty good. Yeah, it's very interesting. That that's a whole topic on itself. But going back to like the people, um, and being a leader and, and being um, someone called by God. You know, it was interesting. I was reading Acts chapter three, and uh, you never read something and something stands out to you. You're like, wow, like I didn't catch that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading Acts chapter three when Peter and John go to the gate called Beautiful. And there's a lame man there, a man who's able, unable to walk. And um, he's asking for alms. And then Peter goes to them. Obviously, you guys know the story. Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you. you know, one thing that was interesting to me is, is that Peter reached out his hand to assist him. He didn't say that he assisted him, but he reached out his hand. I was like, why, did, why is that put in there? You know, as leaders, I think it's necessary. You, you see the death to self um, because Peter denied himself by saying, it's not me. It's Jesus I want to introduce to you. I don't have nothing to give to you. But what I do give to you, it's Christ. Hmm. And then you see um, the assistance that he gives to this lame man who takes this leap of faith in his heart to actually get up. Um, we're in that time where people need to be handed assistance. They don't know where they're going. They're walking blindly and aimlessly. And us as Christians, we go through our trials and tribulations in order that they might see that though the world is going crazy, I still have a firm foundation to stand on. I see so many people building on the sand. I don't want to be that person. Um, We have been given a truth. We have been given a hope. And that is something that needs to be shared to Mm. this this youth. Mm. The youth is starving yeah. You know, it's super, as leaders, you know, I think um, we want to be this Rambo, you know what I mean? Like we want to be this, this big shot, you know, and that's pride. But I'm like looking at, I'm like, man, we're more medics than anything. Mm. You know, we got to go out there into this battle zone and we got to um, um, tend to the needs of these people. Um, that's just something that, that's come you to know, my I, mind. When I think of how you've been growing Gilbert over, cause I remember meeting you at the pursuit mm-hmm. and I remember hearing the first time you gave a Devo at the junior high, like Christmas, like get yeah. together. 
Um, and it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, the first I, demo I, I ever shared, I was about to throw up. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's when you know you're called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you ate something bad. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you have been growing throughout this, this season, because how long now have you been serving in ministry? Um, about four and a half, almost five years. Yeah. Cool. So that's still learning testimony still learning, yeah. in itself. And you're still serving now. Mm-hmm. What are those lessons that have kept you and that have been along the way, along this road that you feel have impacted just who you are in ministry? Lessons that have impacted me in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've learned so much in just experiencing that alone time with God. Um, lessons to trust the Lord by accepting that I don't trust the Lord. Um, lessons of of really experiencing that God truly is my shield. You know, um, that time alone with Jesus is necessary for me. I think it was interesting to really realize that, you know, I can't go a day without actually having that that meal to feed on um, by having the Lord's word introduced into my heart. Um, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Devo- learning, learning what it means to have a devotional yes, life. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And what about people who are like getting started now in ministry? Because um, you've been walking now for four and a half years. Somebody's starting now to mm-hmm. just step their, tip their toe in the water. Yeah. And what are some of those things you wish you you would tell to that Gilbert who was just starting ministry? So we're we're doing we're doing this, and I I kind of like I'm like oh man I feel like I'm just like all over the place. So forgive me if I am. I, you know I but you're tracking you're tracking. Yeah, I, I, yeah. you know I want it to kind of be in order, but um, it's interesting that you bring that up because there are a lot of young leaders coming into ministry. You know I'm 29. I'm not uh, necessarily old or, or young anymore. I'm kind of transitioning, young, right? Thir- <laughs> yeah. 30s coming, dude. But you got a lot of our young leaders are like 17, 18, mm-hmm. 19, um, early 20s. And I see them going through things that I went through. You know, and I often feel like, okay, I'm a part of this high school ministry. But like, Lord, what is my role here? Sometimes I feel like I'm just there for the leaders. Mm-hmm. I love the kids. I'm there to minister to the kids. I've had multiple opportunities with the kids. Um, it's been great. It's been beautiful. But we have such a big leadership. Um, I see the struggles and temptations that they go through. And, it, and it's like, Lord, you have put me here to be an encourager to them. Um, I see a lot of the young men distracted with, you know, we have our own desires. And, we, you know, who's going to be my wife? Who's, and I was like, man, I would encourage them not to be concerned about those things. The moment I surrendered to the Lord and the Lord really brought me to position in a place where seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. When I really focused on the Lord showing me that, like he told Abraham in Genesis 15, 1, I am your shield. Do not fear, Abraham. I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. When you come to a position in a place where Jesus truly is enough for you, I believe that's when God starts to bless you. Mm -hmm. That's when God starts to give you those things that your heart desires because your heart no longer desires the things that you wanted in the flesh, but your heart starts to desire those things that are um, in the spirit. You know, having a, a father in my life who was good to me, I never saw him willing to give me something that will destroy me and w- giving me something that, that that's going to take me away from his love. And in the same way, I would encourage these young men to just seek the Lord and knowing that God is going to provide for you that he's going to do something in and through your life, 
but be patient and allow him to give it to you within his timing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I have now, like, Lord, if you would have given that to me two, three years ago, it would have just derailed me. And you're not that father who is willing to give me something that's going to take me from your love. So this is why you instruct me to seek your face first and you're going to handle the rest. Mm. Um, one of the things I see the youth struggling with is that loneliness, that, that depression, that anxiety, that fear, those concerns, those, discour- those discouragements. Um, it's a, it's a, it'll wring your heart if you don't have a solid devotional life, if you're not rooted and grounded in the word It'll derail you. Um, and my encouragement to them would just be to stay truly fixed on the Lord. Know that you're in love with him. Mm. Know that yeah, he is your God, that he is your savior. Keep it simple. And um, yeah, that pretty much. Mm. Wow. So yeah. your devotional life seems to be the, the key for you of what was just driving that, that driving force. Mm-hmm. Were there people who were kind of guiding you along the way? Were, mm-hmm. were you just kind of solo dolo? As you were growing? I think I need to be more open, more transparent. I think I need to um, really go to the leaders that God has given me and really learn from them. But for the most part, I have been more of like um, just going to the Lord when I have a question, just going Mm -hmm. into my word when I have a need an answer. You know, I do have Scott. I do have like Dave and Zunza. I do have men that I go to who have been a blessing in my life. And teaching me and correcting me, you know, um, Joe um, Petragon has been such a huge blessing in my life to kind of guide me and lead me when I do need to vent. Um, but for the most part, I, I do tend to be very private, and I know that's something that I, I need to um, change. I need to be um, more transparent with the men that God has given to me because I, I'm handling a lot of things. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And this year, I feel like it, 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 it's getting too much. You yep. know what I mean? So Yeah, you know, the, the, one of the most dangerous things um, that Christians are unaware of is uh, something I call, like, the solo perspective. Mm-hmm. And what, what I see and what I've seen in my own life is um, everything is like a little stairwell, yeah. right? And so a thought rolls in your mind. And you're a solid person, like you're you're in the Word, or you're you know listening to worship, and you you know this can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. And was what I'm saying. It's not just the weak in mind or yeah. the the easily. Obviously, some people more easily than others, but everybody's susceptible to the stairwell, mm-hmm. where where a, a thought starts, and it's just truth. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, this is true, and you know, so that kind of makes me feel that way. And then once you're standing on that stair, it's only one stair away from the next stair. Yeah. So it's the next step down that thought process. Mm-hmm. And then it turns a little bit into why are why why is so-and-so doing this? It could be about a pastor. It could yeah. be about a, a, a person. It could be mm-hmm. about a, 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 a personality trait within Christians yeah. or the way worship leaders do something, mm-hmm. right? And it's all truth, like things that plant in your head about like something you're noticing, mm-hmm. right? And then now all of a sudden you're, you're in this perspective and it's, it's only one stair away from an, the stair below. And so the stairwell is always dangerous because you're always just one little mm-hmm. hair away from a deeper thought. And it's only like when you vocalize that with another Christian, like, hey, dude, like, what's up with, you know, that they're like, yeah, bro, but come on, you know, dude. Mm-hmm. That's, 
all of us. That's all of us. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just different. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And, you, and all of a sudden you're like, uh, like yeah. you're, but if you don't say that, if it isn't that interaction, like on that first stair, like the second stair mm-hmm. and somebody's like, yeah, but that stuff doesn't matter, bro. Like, yeah. then all of a sudden you, you people are sitting right next to you and have no idea that you're like 10, 15 stairs down yeah. in a thought rolling around in your head or fear mm-hmm. or an anxiety or a whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and all, all, if it was just mentioned like back when it was planted, mm-hmm. it's not even divisive yet. Yeah. It's not even a debate. It's not even like, no bro but you don't understand like it doesn't even go there yet as soon as it starts planning its thought inside mm-hmm. of your head and you're like hey do you ever feel like it somebody's somebody just and the funny thing is dude how the bible says that iron sharpens iron mm-hmm. that dude there's so many times that a thought plants in my head and it gets hiccuped it gets mm-hmm. hurdled like it runs mm-hmm. that thought runs into something and you know what that something always is it's always something that somebody once said to me they're like, yeah, but you always got to remember to keep your eyes on the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, or like, hey, but you know what, dude? You'll never go wrong if you're sharing Christ. Yeah. Or, 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 or you know what, dude? Like, no man's perfect. Yeah. So, like, w- like, why would you even bother, like, looking at how somebody's hesitancy to be this way? Like, yeah. don't even, or, or yourself, like, like, I just feel like, the, well, dude, guess what, dude? Every, the, the most talented, amazing guy? filthy rags bro mm-hmm. like his best things to christ mm-hmm. and that's scripture right so yeah. so you, you you see that it's the perspective of the word like a person who's perceiving the word of god and sharp and and bouncing it off of you and, and you don't realize that you're doing the same thing to them mm-hmm. you're you're you just said something little like like you may have laughed at like some youth guy that's like Listen, guys, you need, and then like you know how like when you're in ministry yeah. for a while, you kind of like this guy. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You may have laughed at somebody like that, but then you're like, but but it's trippy how God uses us, mm-hmm. you know. And that person that was right next to you was on the stairwell to start becoming like judgmental about <laughs> youth leaders that mm-hmm. are this way, mm-hmm. and just that little like, dude, it's crazy how God uses us all. And yeah. all of a sudden, he's like, yeah, that's right, dude, that's yeah. a servant of God, and I'm not judging him, yeah. you know. So share, like, I'm I'm listening to your story. And, you know, you, you, if you have Scott, I'm just going to throw this out there, yeah. dude. Like, if you have Scott, yeah. like, at your right or yeah. at your left, dude, like, use that, bro. That's a, yeah. he's particularly, I'm not trying to blast he, you, I'm not he, trying to blast you, Scott, but he, like. He's but, told me, he's told me, you got to be more open. Yeah, yeah. dude. Mm. I mean, Scott, like, I've shared with him dreams I've had. Like, mm. I've shared with him, like, deep thoughts, like. Or, you know, those moments where you, like, those fearful moments when you start to feel like nobody else is noticing, like, that yeah. this is going yeah. on, you know? I've shared with him yeah. those things. And, dude, he has this, like... Yeah. Sometimes you feel strange. Like, your mind could go places where you're like, I don't know if I want to share that. Hmm. Or you got questions. You're like, why am I thinking that? I should know that. And you don't necessarily want to share. But that that that's pride. Yeah, yeah and it, it leaves room for that thought, bro, to, mm-hmm. to, to snowball. Yeah. You know snowball. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. accountability. It's exactly. and, it, and so that's something accountability is one of the most humbling things. Yeah. When you allow someone to speak truth and then mm-hmm. that is going to possibly dictate a decision yeah. that you have to make, those are some of the hardest, most humbling things that you have to take <laughs> of like, okay. And that's also another reason of why it's like you want to be wise mm-hmm. with 
who you're sharing with. Mm -hmm. You want somebody who's like m way more mature than you. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the topic of what you're yeah. going through. Right, mature in that area. Yeah, because yeah. you can tell a, a novice so, yeah. or maybe even sometimes a peer something that's like really deep and mm -hmm. it, it needs a mature believer to be able to handle. And you tell them, your, your peer, someone who's right there next to you and they're like, Oh my goodness! They freak out, so they're immediately what they they respond at at a fear, and that could mm, lead to yeah. worse things for you. Yeah. Later or on. even worse, give you a novice answer mm -hmm. like, "Yeah, no, dude, that's everybody's like that." <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, like, okay, I guess you yeah. know. Um, but I'm I'm always encouraged, and I know you've heard this that we are to be a Barnabas to somebody, meaning that yeah. we're going to be a brother, somebody's peer with An encourager. An encourager, yeah. we should be a Paul to somebody, someone mm -hmm. we're pouring into, but we should also have, be like Timothy and have a Paul for us, mm -hmm. you know, somebody who's going to be pouring into us. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think that you're not trying to do that. I really yeah. don't. I, I know you've yeah. been at, at Golden Springs yeah. long enough to, to be practicing that. But I also know that I have myself recently experience what it's like to feel like you're on an island mm. yeah to almost when when i start because i've been disconnected from my, the home church yeah. golden springs and started a ministry mm. uh i've gone through seasons of like is god speaking mm -hmm. like i'm teaching the bible mm -hmm. and like is god speaking to me like and then i'll call mike and i just feel like sometimes wondering just being transparent i'm like do like Sometimes I just wonder, like, if God still speaks to me. Yeah. And he encourages me, like, to, to be into my devotional life, to surround myself. He started to say, hey, like, let's hang out. Yeah. <laughs> and when I start to hear, like, and be around brothers yeah. who are experiencing their own struggles and growing mm -hmm. in the Lord, too, suddenly it, it, the Holy Spirit living inside of other people, it encourages me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I start to... Again, not only hear God in my devotional life, but then I, I begin to realize, like, man, his presence is real in other people's lives. Yeah. And by seeing and experiencing that, I'm like, wow, okay, God is moving, and he's mm -hmm. not done with us. No. And, and then it's also, to seasons. Yeah. I think this is just a temporary season yeah. for what Gilbert want, is being called to, and I think it's mm -hmm. something that you need to focus on. I think it's something that we all need to focus on the yeah. season that we're in. But I also know that you are a man who's called by God and you have vision. Mm -hmm. You have uh, a passion for giving the word. And I'm kind of curious how much you'd be willing to kind of share and maybe just to speak about. And you don't need to go in, in detail if there's no, things you, that you, you, between ask, you and the ask Lord. Ask questions, I'll be willing to answer. Yeah, like, between yeah. you and the Lord, you could keep those to yourself. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a good topic to about vision, about mm -hmm. where what is is it that's inspiring you? And um, I'm kind of curious, where do you think, uh, maybe you don't need to get too detailed, yeah. but you know, what, what kind of vision do you have? I was, um, gosh, we're always being told that without vision, without passion, like you're not going to go nowhere, you know, especially if you're called to ministry, you really do need it. And I've been in those moments where like, Lord, I, I'm not seeing anything. I don't have passion for anything. Um, guide me, lead me. I believe that God has called me to teach. I believe that God has called me to be um, a minister to those who are willing to um, receive. You know, I, I did go to Dave, and Dave told me I was struggling. I was like, Dave, you know, I can't do this, dude. I don't want to do this. 
this is kind of frustrating. Um, I can't grasp it all, you know, and they've led me to John chapter 14, 26, um, where Jesus is speaking and saying, I leave you a helper and he's going to remind you of everything that I have spoken to you. Mm-hmm. And that impacted me so much. And I was like, in order for me to do this, I must know the word. I must know the scriptures, you know, in order to remind for the Holy Spirit to remind me of what Jesus has spoken to me, I must dive into what he's saying from Genesis to Revelation. But the vision that I have is simple. Um, I want to reach the youth. You know, a, a lot of the older guys are, are seeing a change now and they're kind of like feeling a little um, um, down about it. You know, we do realize that we might be coming back into the homes. Um, but I don't, the Lord could come at any time. I, I believe that if you're not really recognizing that Jesus is coming soon, something's up. But I do see that there is a generation that needs the Lord. And my vision is to reach them. My vision is to offer them hope. You know, I've had ideas of like, oh, let's go to the church. Let's plant. And, and, and I, I want to go up north. I believe God is calling me to Idaho. This is why, um, hearing um, Eddie was so encouraging because mm. God showed me this state um, about three years ago and it just started coming up over and over and over. I had prayed. I've been praying like, Lord, where do you want to take me? Where are you going? Where am I going to go? Um, I really, really, really want to go to Texas. Like that's my, de- mm. I want to go to Texas. Um, but I didn't have peace about going to Texas because God hasn't called me to Texas. So I'm like, okay, maybe you want to take me to somewhere where I don't want to go, like New York. And it wasn't that. And then um, the Lord brought up Idaho um, through a friend. And I just kind of started praying for that. And he started giving me this passion for this state. And um, the people... Isn't Idaho, like, one of the first places reopening, like, legitimately reopening? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I just read that. If I go, I'm probably going to be the darkest one there, but... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you're kind of a good old boy at heart, huh? Like, I see your I Jeep am, out there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Hunting, not. Killing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, so it, it, it's uh, something that um, I believe the Lord has called me to. But my passion is the youth, man. It, mm. it, re- it really is. Uh, these young leaders... The youth, they're, they're starving for an answer. And I, I have to come to a position in, in place where do I really, truly believe the word? You know what I mean? It's one thing to preach the word, and no one wants to hear someone up at the pulpit who is just teaching, but they, they ain't going through it. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 5 that mm-hmm. Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And he was, though he was son. So my sufferings, my, my discouragements, my sorrows... It's just preparation for those who God brings into my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to share who Christ is to the youth because, I, 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 I mean, it's time to be bold. It's time, to, it's time to, to reach the loss. And as I get into this relationship with my fiance and I prepare for marriage, I got to ask myself those questions. Am I willing to die? Am I willing to, to even bring her along this, you know? It's a fearful thing bringing someone into your life and you're saying, hey, I'm going this road that is possibly going to lead to us dying for our faith. You know what I mean? I, I expect the boldness from her. Um, this is just a lot. My mind that, brain's that, no, always that like... <laughs> what you just said, by the way, I just want you to know, like, I'm, I'm like right here with my fiance next to you. I'm just like... That's you know, crazy, I, I, I want to share something about that. Uh, 
Not that I'm like the I feel repetitive, by the way. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> not that I'm like the experienced uh, married man by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of solid dudes that I, I would point you towards when it comes to what to expect out yeah. of marriage. But that being said, I do want to share something that uh, I want to be transparent to and share it with you guys because you guys are so close, right, mm-hmm. to getting married. And um, the first two years of marriage, mm-hmm. my wife was disappointing me with what she didn't want to do. Yeah. And all these words would roll in my head like, there are guys who, you know, they're disqualified because of their wives or they're just, and I was like, kind of bitter like dude like you're not really down Mm -hmm. and now like I'm gonna be nobody Mm. and let me tell you something dude that God God spoke to me and when I say God spoke to me it wasn't like oh let me let me make sense of what's happening no it was God speaking to me yeah And that was the biggest hindrance in my life before I was married was that I was down for everything. Mm -hmm. And what that consequently did is there was no clarity as to what I was doing. I was like, want evangelism you want me to teach guest speak somewhere make some music mm-hmm. like let's go fly over here i'll yeah. go to africa i'll yeah. go to Colombia. i'll drive to yeah. new york city like i'm down Wherever. let's go yeah. like yeah and 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 think he did all those things by the I, way. He, he didn't just make that up <laughs> he literally did all those things um and and thinking that that is why i was special to god yeah when the reality was dude that the lord saw me and was like i will this guy will never hear my voice because he is constantly interrupted by whatever thing shows up as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the things that I thought were crippling in early in my marriage have become refinement yeah. in my life. Like the doors that have been closed because of what my wife can't do. Mm-hmm. And when I say can't, I'm just going to be, she, she doesn't mind. I share anything like yeah. that is her anxiety. Mm-hmm. Her, her, uh, my wife will, will, will have an anxiety attack mm-hmm. if certain things happen. Yeah. And that's closed certain kind of doors. Yeah. And, and in the beginning, I'm angry. Why am I angry though, dude? If this is my wife yeah. and if this is my life, like th- the greatest thing that could ever happen to me is doors to close. Mm. And the reason why is because a man knows not what door to go through when there's a hundred open in front of yeah. him. Mm. But God sees you and you guys and all of your like spirited, like, oh, I'm, this is my life and yeah. my wife's going to join me on yeah. my life, you yeah. know? And let me tell you something, dude, like all those things that she's going to become honest with you about, mm-hmm. like, like, you know what, dude, I know, like I'm struggling yeah. here, like, or like... I. Like I'm feeling like, like, you know, when garments get so thin, dude, that they're transparent, you know what I'm saying? Like that can happen to a person, bro. 
that you're dragging along in your little prideful, like, this is my thing, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden you start realizing you don't have a thing unless you can tend to people that are right next to you. Mm. Yeah. That's a thing. Like, that's what Jesus was doing. Mm. Like, he turned 12 guys into men who changed the world. Mm. He had a, a, a he had a bunch of people following him at one point, yeah. and it wasn't a bunch of people that were in that last room up mm, there. Yeah, like he invested in what was given to him to such a degree that he changed the world. Yeah, like men particularly need to learn to work with what God gives them, Absolutely. not try to transform by the power of God Absolutely. something that they have. Like, Absolutely. oh, I'm praying that God's going to give my wife, she's yeah. going to set her free from this. And he's going to do, it's like, dude. You, you got to know when God has called you. You got to know when God's opening up the door or he's closing the door. And you got to know when God's asking you to leave. You got to know when you're called in. You got to know when you're called out. Um, in regards to that, I, I completely 100% agree. You know, one thing, I'm serving in high school ministry right now, and I've been there, and I love it. I, I genuinely love it. That's my happy place. Um, going on our trips, going wherever, like, I haven't had a vacation. Like, I, all my time has, I, I, I love it. I'm not complaining. I, I love it. And I see that God has given me this woman, and, you know, you, it, it's been molding and it's been shaping because... They're honest with you. She's she's very honest with me about what she feels, what she thinks. And she has been used to expose a lot of me recently that I'm like, well, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know that. You know, I don't want to know that I get irritated or I'm angry at this or or whatever it may be. You know, she always um being completely bluntly honest with me that I'm like, oh, dude, this, this woman, (laughs) um, but I love her and, and you gotta know that God has called you to this person. You gotta be faithful to what God has blessed you with. One of the things is I do serve in ministry and God has opened up the opportunity to be a part of that. And I get a lot of like, oh, are you going to have Nadia come up with you? Are you going to have Nadia join you? Are you going to have, and I'm like, no. Well, what if she's called to follow you? Well, then she'll tell me. I don't want to pressure her Mm. To hey, I'm doing this, so come alongside yeah. with me, because that would burden her. That would be something that's gonna uh, weigh heavy on her heart. I, I was just talking to her the other day. I go, I want you to be called to this. This is what I'm called to do. I'm called to to love you, and I'm called to to be um, a leader in this ministry. Um, and if you want to join me, you're more than welcome, you know, to, to come up there with us. But I hope that you know that it's about those kids. I hope that you know it's about serving the Lord in that moment. Um, I don't want you to feel like, oh, because I'm here, you got to be here. I want you to know that God has called you to this. And if God's called you somewhere else in the ministry, you know, whether it be women's or, or children's, then do that. That's, that's what's going to be best for you. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I don't want her to, to feel burdened to have to always feel like she's serving me because I'm serving here. Yeah, sometimes Christians have a tendency to create, like, a contract, <laughs> you know? Like, hey, listen, you know, and I'm not saying, like, honesty is one thing. Mm-hmm. Like, look, this is what I know God told me to do. Mm-hmm. Like, the the sooner you're transparent about that stuff, better, because... The person knows who you are when they mm-hmm. get in. They're not like, why did you drop this on me? You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I've told you, like, yeah. my since I met you, this mm-hmm. is who God called me to be. Exactly. But it's a whole other thing to be like, um, okay, here's where it goes wrong. 
um, and it's pride. I like this topic. It's pride. <laughs> it's pride, and that is, um, this is my story, mm-hmm. and you can be a part of it. Yeah, it's pride because you know what? It's never been a man's story. Mm-hmm. When you're called, if it's your story, then got then you got to be beaten up because. Yeah. It's still your story. Yeah. Like, I don't tell God what he's to do with me. What He says it right in the text. Mm-hmm. Like, does the, can the clay say to the potter, why have you made me like this? Or mm-hmm. why? And yet I see over and over again, dude, mm-hmm. young men particularly, mm-hmm. like, this is what God's going to do. Mm-hmm. This is what God's going to do. And then trying to dictate, like, the entire world around yeah. them to fit into their world. Yeah. And we're in... God's world. And when you became a Christian, you surrendered your will. You gave, him. you sold him your life. Mm-hmm. This has been a new thing for me sharing with people lately. Like, do you still belong to you? Mm. Because when you were born again, the Bible says that you handed over ownership of you to him. To him. Mm-hmm. So you don't belong mm-hmm. to you. So when I'm ministering or or uh, counseling with a young man who, who's fighting with his girlfriend or mm-hmm. fighting with his wife or like you know struggling with what people, it's like the first thing I need to reestablish is that you don't belong to you, mm-hmm. like you belong to God. Yeah. And 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 it's funny that we 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 kind of forget that because we're we're still belonging to us and we're like doing it for God and we're like trying to get everybody to in, as puzzle pieces into our world. Yeah. But the truth is, bro, that my wife is part of God stopping me and telling me what doors I can walk through. Yeah. And when a door, here's what's awesome, bro. When a door opens up with me and my wife as one, Mm. and that's, now notice what I just said. The door opens up with me and my wife as one. Not me walking through the door and trying to wonder why my wife isn't walking through with me. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about us being together and saying, okay, we're one. We're sitting right here with no doors open. No doors open. Just me and you. And I'm trying to be a husband and I'm trying to be a dad, right? And then then a door opens with both of us. Yeah. When that happens, bro, I've never felt more confident walking through a doorway mm. ever in my entire existence, bro. You're talking, I've, dude, I've shared where yeah. there's like a huge group of people in front of me. I've traveled to other countries, guest spoke at a church in, in, in Nebraska, like a Sunday morning service, Sunday morning service at a church in, 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 in New York City, yeah. right? Teaching a, a, anyways, that's that. Yeah. But walking through a door that, I surrendered and said, all right, let all the doors be closed. This is mm-hmm. my wife. Mm-hmm. Held her hand. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a construction worker. Mm-hmm. And I'm God's man. Mm-hmm. If there's a person in front of me, I will share the truth yeah. if, it, if the door opens. If not, I'm a construction worker. Yeah. This is my wife. Like, we love you, Lord. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, when, and, and when just the smallest window opens up from that state of mind, and God says... And I look at my wife and she's like, I think this is something you should do. And I'm like, well, all right. And I, and, and dude, just 
just the smallest little door, yeah. bro. And I'll tell you what, bro, I've never, never felt more confident walking through that door than all the other things I've done in ministry. Hmm. Because what God has done is he's brought two together and made them one. And now that they're one, they're doing the, it together. They're 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 different than they mm. were separate. Mm. She is half you, and you're half her. And I'm not trying to break you guys' heart, but you haven't been there until you're married. Yeah. And I'm not trying to right. say that. No, no. Because I, I remember I, guys I'm talking like that I'm and being you. like, you know, okay, I guess you graduated or whatever. Yeah. But I'm telling you the truth because something happens because it's a God ordained thing. Yeah. When when the two become one, when they when they say their vows in front of those people, and then they go off together in the light of the Lord and in front of God and in front of all those people mm. and the promises that you made to her and the promises that she made to you and then you go off and become one that all of a sudden you are as limited as she is and she is as limited as you are yeah. you two just became half of who you were yeah. and all of, and all of a sudden you're looking at your life and you're like you're like it's like in one way it's like being a person in a wheelchair all of a sudden mm. Like, well, I guess soccer's out of the point, out of the story, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. In another way, all of a sudden you're double capable. You're like, like what? Like, I, I never had that before, and all of a sudden I have this thing. And trust me, dude, you're you're gonna be her wheelchair. Hmm. I hate to break it to you guys. It's not just like, oh, I'm gonna be her knight in shining armor. No, like, yeah. you, there's moments in marriage where you're you're the wheelchair. You're the reason why she's now this. Like, yeah. I guess soccer's done for me. But <laughs> you know, theoretically, yeah. like with whatever her thing is, and that is when you fight God, that's bitterness. Hmm. When you submit to God, that's refinement, bro. That is God saying, like, this is off the table, this is off the table, that's off the mm -hmm. table. And you're like, what? There was 10 doors, and now all of them are shut. And it's like, yeah, look behind you, dude. There's a doggy yeah. door right here. This is what I need <laughs> you to do right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when your wife is like, like, you're done, and your wife's like, hey, I think this is something that, like, the Lord put in my heart. And, and you're thinking, no way. Like, usually, usually you're like, I don't know, I don't know. And you're you're... You're on board with this? Like, you, dude, walking through those kind of doors, bro? Together. And then all of a sudden seeing that the anointing of God is still there, and you're like, you, because there's moments, dude, where you're like, has the Lord left me, dude? Like, I'm sure, you, I don't know if you guys ever been to those moments where you're like, you know, there's this word in the Bible that talks about called Ichabod, mm -hmm. and that word means the spirit has departed mm -hmm. or the Lord has departed, you know? And, bro, I've had these moments on construction sites, dude, where I'm just holding a shovel, and I'm like, Ichabod, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm done. Like, nobody cares anymore, bro. Yeah. Like, you're not, but it's not true, bro. Like, I'm sorry I'm rambling a little bit. No, but, no, great. Yeah. Um, so I encourage you both to pray because hmm. your limitations are coming. Are coming. <laughs> and her limitations are coming. Like, mm. you, you are, first of all, this isn't your world. Yeah. Your story you know, mm -hmm. and this is God's story and he's had it in store for you since before you were born and he's got this awesome plan and it includes the woman that he cho chose for you and it's going to be dope, dude, but keep guys like David Zunda in your back pocket. How wise of you though to allow her to be led by the spirit rather than mm -hmm. you trying to coerce her into what her calling is. Yeah. You should be, we should be, and I say this not as speaking down to you, but right alongside of you of like, we should be 
trying to just set the fire that God has already placed mm-hmm. in them. Uh, with me personally, when we went to go start a church, it was like she was ha- already had a home church. And the topic came up. She's like, hey, when you do this, like, w- am I supposed to leave? And I was like, you need to ask the Lord. Yeah. I was like, because I know what I, w- of course I want you to, mm-hmm. to come with me. I was like, but I, I need to know that, like, I don't want you there if you're not called. Like, and I want you to just go with, with what God tells yeah. you. And it was a topic that we talked about, like, a few times. And I just really wanted her to know, like, hey, like, I, I want you to pray about it. I want you to make, to allow the Lord to guide you in it. Mm-hmm. And she even had people telling her, hey, I don't think it's a good idea that you do this right now. We mm-hmm. were only dating for three months and to, to leave the home church. So she really had to make sure that the Lord the was Lord calling was her. Yeah. And that was, I wasn't some crazy guy starting a <laughs> cult. She's like, yeah, I, cha- I changed my mind. No, I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> And but with with that, when she trusted the Lord and took a step of faith, mm-hmm. uh, we've seen the blessing. We've seen God just like allowing. I, I give her her space, and yeah. th- that's not to say that yeah. we don't sometimes come across <laughs> conflict. Yeah. Of like, wait, I think things should be done this way, and she's like, well, I think things shouldn't be done that way. And I'm like, I'll take it into account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it, I'm still learning. No, you know? it, yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it's so it's so new to me. It's it's new to you. Um, it's refining. Mm. It truly is refining mm. being engaged and and preparing for that that union. It's de- you know what's interesting is God really puts you in the crucible together, and He expects to see Himself in it. You know, and I, I'm like, man, you know, sometimes Lord, I'm like, this is rough. This is this is tough. You know, there are things in my own heart that are being exposed. There are things in her heart that are being exposed. Weaknesses. Um, but I know that when I do come to that altar, when I say I do, it's I do. Mm. And it's unto you because you have tested us and you have tried us and it's genuine. You truly have called this woman to me and I've been called to her. Um, one thing that um, one of the guys has shared with me, he goes, lust is deceiving, um, but love is pure. And can you imagine yourself living with this person for the rest of your life? Can you see past two, three, four years? And when you don't necessarily like them, can you say, I still love them? Mm. And I was like, wow, that, that's, that's heavy, solid. dude. You know what I mean? Like, Who was that that said that to you? Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, he's, are, he's such a that, blessing. I don't want to, like, I don't usually go on tangents about, like, individuals, but that guy's such yeah. a wizard, dude. Like, yeah. God, my brother Johnny was just talking about Dave the other day, and he was like, you want to know something crazy, bro? Like, it is the words that Dave shared with me that those are the ones mm. that's that saved mm. me in marriage. Mm. Like, dude, he thought he was just hanging out with Dave and just happened to hear Dave say something about marriage. Like, didn't even it wasn't like a meeting. It wasn't like a, yeah. he just thought he just heard him say something, you know. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that like his marriage survived because yeah. of those things. And like, it's funny, dude. And he's one of those guys who straight out. Oh my gosh, you bro! Know what I mean? If you know back. Dave, you know Dave. You hang out yeah. with Dave. Oh, okay, I've talked to Dave. Yeah. So like. You've been, I yeah, know. he's not easy. <laughs> he's been in the ringer. <laughs> yeah, he's not easy, bro. Like, I mean, Dave's one of those unique characters where I believe that the people that can't roll with him, mm-hmm. like, they don't, they don't, they end up missing out on like yeah. that little mm-hmm. blessing, dude, yeah. because he, he comes with like, it's discipline. not easy, bro. Discipline. Yeah, it's discipline, bro. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's very, 
it's very brutal and honest and and it's also like challenge like he dude i remember him saying things to me where he was like where i was like i feel like i'm i feel like i'm with somebody that you know what i mean that doesn't yeah. like me i'm almost yeah, like yeah. what is this dude yeah. but it's crazy bro like i was so much pride in me bro when mm. i first met him like so i didn't even know you know, you know when you when you stink and you don't know because yeah. you just always stink. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like that's <laughs> that, exactly that was me, dude. Like yeah. with pride, bro. Like and I and I thought like I I was like, dude, God called me. The funny thing is, years later, he would tell me, oh yeah, you were called, you were called mm-hmm. even then. Like mm-hmm. I saw it, but there was so much pride that was just like needed to be dealt with. Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of time with Dave, bro. No, years he, he's awesome. Dave. He he's one of the first guys when I I remember coming out of, of church. Um, it was late, you know, they were ready to turn off the lights. It was a Wednesday night, and I remember him catching me in the parking lot. He don't know me from Adam, and he sees me, and he goes, Hey, Mijo, come here. I was like, hi. He's like, and I'm Dave, and I'm like, oh, I'm Gilbert. And he goes, you got a call in your life. And I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? And he's always been that encourager, and he's been honest with me. He's been straight out. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you yeah. definitely want to keep in your back pocket. I, I love how he he really impressed upon me is... Um, disciplining myself and note taking before I teach. Mm. And there would be times cuz he he I was in his class and I was his TA <laughs> and he would let me he would let me give devotions like weekly and uh I went up there and it, it was like, you know, expected that I would I would go up with notes and I would yeah. give a little de- 10 minute devo 10 minutes on the dot by the way. He said yeah. 11 minutes and that's no longer uh God's time, that's your own time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you're like in sin. So I was like, yeah. okay, 10 minutes on the dot. And then but just by chance, dude, this one day, I like I didn't have the notes written out. I read the, the text, and I just got busy. I didn't write any notes. I'd go up there. He never checks, dude. Like, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go up there. I'm going to give him my Devo. As I'm walking up, bro, he's like, you got your notes in front of the class? And everyone was like, you know what? I, I didn't take notes this time. And he was like, and I had to do the walk of shame, dude, all the way to the back of the room. And I was just like, dude, and everyone was just like, oh. That's hilarious, dude. Something he spoke to me, too, regarding even relationships. He said, hey, uh, you're going to marry your wife, not your assistant pastor. Mm. And I was like, you know what? That's just another nugget right there. Because that's like, that seemingly is like the opposite of what we get fed a lot of times Mm -hmm. by people like, oh, you know. Dude, I've, so I've had pa- I've had pastors tell me funky things, bro. I'm just being honest mm-hmm. with you, bro. Like, I had a pastor tell me like, "Oh, you'll know the person you want to marry when when you look at her, and she's the most beautiful person you've ever seen. If you don't think your your wife is the most beautiful person you've ever seen, that's not who you're supposed to marry." <laughs> wow. I was like, "Really? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, good luck for me finding yeah. a wife then if it's yeah. the other way around, yeah. bro. You know what I mean? Like, there's definitely better looking dudes yeah, than yeah. me out there. You know what I mean? Like, weird stuff. To, mm-hmm. I don't know where people get this stuff from, dude, yeah. but there's a lot of things out there, man. Like, oh, your wife is your assistant pastor in your home or your all these other yeah. things they come up with. And I could see some truth that they derive mm-hmm. stuff from, but but the truth is, bro, like, you will learn what it is to be Christ-like when you are Christ-like in your home. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and the way you're long-suffering, bro. Like, mm. you, grace is, like, you, I understand myself in a different lighting than I ever did before when I realized that the Lord was looking at me and being gracious with me when I didn't even realize it. When I thought I was just being me. Yeah. And the Lord was being gracious with me. And you know what happens to me every single time, bro? that my wife 
is doing something that's like, I'm like, what? every single time, dude, in that moment, dude, like I'm looking at her, like she, she's cleaning something. You know those moments where somebody's mm-hmm. like frustrated you and like all of a sudden, like, you're, you know, you're watching them do something. You're just like, and, and uh, <laughs> all I could see in those moments, dude, is like the Lord looking at me. Mm. Like when I was like, oh, I got, I'm going to be a pastor. Like I'm going to, and the Lord was just looking at me like, like, and yet he never left me, dude. You expect grace, you expect mercy, you expect patience, but it's difficult to give it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And, and like, I think that the man who is refined by marriage and the difficulty of a relationship has deep understanding. And I think he has a deep understanding of Christ's compassion towards himself. And so don't let yourself look at other people's relationships and what it seems that other people have mm-hmm. and begin to say, do what's going on, Lord. How come you haven't shined your grace on me in that area? Yeah. Because let me tell you something, dude, the shine grace on a man is a man who knows grace mm. and knows how to share grace and mercy and he has experienced in it and therefore he knows the way the lord sees him and he knows the way the lord sees other believers Mm -hmm. when they're struggling or when they need help or when they need to be carried or picked up and after all if the lord is a shepherd unto us and we have callings in our life are we not called to be shepherds Mm -hmm. and what are shepherds doing are they being served or are they serving serving Mm -hmm. so it's like the man is blessed who knows who is who has experienced in service and yeah. what better way for God to do that, but through marriage, dude. Yeah. 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 That, that, that pride is, it's tough. You know, mm. that arrogance, it's, it's something that the Lord definitely wants to break down in us as men. So mm. I, I, I've got a question. Yeah. Go shoot. How can we pray for you? Mm. I love this question. Oh man. There's so much. Um, that God would just give me that boldness that I desire that God would um, bless my um, marriage when I do get married. Um, that God will continually give me vision and passion, um, and just being fully open and transparent with um, Him and mm-hmm. those who are around me. Um, mm-hmm. Just you know, as simple as that. Do you have some short-term plans in the year of twenty 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 one? As far as what do you mean? Right. Uh, like just. I know you're getting what married when? We're looking around June. And if okay. that doesn't work out, we can't book that date in October. Gotcha. Yeah, so. And uh, I saw you got this podcast. You're going to be uh, starting an episode. Yes. When is that? So I'm Jan- uh, December 25th. I'm doing a quick little intro. And then January 8th will be my first episode. So um, it's definitely, obviously, you guys could tell it, it takes me out of my comfort zone. It involves a lot of prayer. Um, I was like, completely oblivious to how popular this stuff really is it's something that the lord, something that the lord put on my heart and i was like i thought i only knew about you i knew about straight talk and like unashamed with phil robinson and all that and i was like okay there, there's few you know about joe rogan um i was like okay lord this is something that is burning on my heart and it, it's strange um but okay like let's move forward in this let's, let's do this i really genuinely have a passion for it but i don't want it to be me i want it to be you 
And then I started to make purchases at like Guitar Center mm-hmm. online. And then like the dudes at Guitar Center are like, dude, like everybody and their mother's buying stuff. We're back <laughs> And I'm like, this is a popular thing. And he's like, these microphones like, yeah. were impossible <laughs> to get. Two of these microphones, no, one of them was impossible they're to get. They're back for they're, a while. Yeah. Impossible. And it's like everybody's in mm-hmm. quarantine wanting to do a podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, maybe it's just something that came to mind because, you know, it's in the air. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was, I was listening to Straight Talk with Raw and he was talking with Melinda and he was with Sean and this was like last week. And Raw had the desire and he was sharing to get on radio. And he goes, he couldn't get on radio because everybody was on radio. So what did mm. he do? He started his own radio station. Mm. I'm like, wow, Lord, like when you're called to do something, um, you just got to press forward and do it. Even yep. if it makes no sense to you or to anybody else, um, God will develop it and God will mold it and shape it and fine tune it, you know, and um, real quick, I want to share a story. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had last year, we had our pastors and leaders um, conference and the guys from South America came up north and mm. they got to share. This one young man in particular stood out to me. I forgot his name. So obviously didn't stand out too much. No, <laughs> no, I forgot his name. <laughs> what um, did, what did he share stood out to you? Well, this is this is what's awesome is that he was um sharing and he was speaking in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, um. So he is being translated, and he was called by God to start a church in an area that isn't necessarily really populated. Um, he does worship. He has his wife, and uh, God called him to to start something, and he's there and he's talking about how. He started to do this thing with him and his wife, but no one will show up. But he goes, I was faithful. I, I, I would strum my guitar and praise the Lord, and we would do worship, and I would teach. And he goes, I was only teaching my wife. And he goes, for a year and a half I did this. And he goes, I finally got to a point where I was so discouraged, like, Lord, am I really called to do this? And um, he, he's broken before the Lord, and he's doubting whether or not he should press forward in this. And then the next week comes and he still does it. He goes, I'm playing my guitar and I'm giving my message and my wife is there. And he goes, and all of a sudden someone walks in. And then he goes, when you're a man of conviction, you cannot not do what God has called you to do. And I might have chopped that story up, but it was so powerful to me. I was in tears when I was hearing that because... We're going to be placed in situations where God will test our faith. God will humble us like he did Moses 40 years. You know, God will um, see if we're really desiring him. You know, Joseph was in prison for two years before he was exalted second. Um, God wants to know that our our convictions are true and real. You know, he wants us. Just like when Abraham was called to sacrifice his son. Like, I mm. often wonder, like, God... You you know all things, but did Abraham know that he would go that far? No. Um, Job never got his answer on why he went through what he went through. But what you see at the end of the book is that he was closer to the heart of God. So God has its reasons for doing things and testing us to see if we're truly called to do such a thing. And for us to be aware that, yes, this is this is something you have called me to do. So his story was impactful because to do something for a year and a half with no fruit, with no one walking in, you're just ministering to your wife and you're doing it as if you're just like you were sharing with your dad. You're doing it as if you have a huge flock. You're doing it with the same passion, the same desire, mm-hmm. the same vision. Um, and to press forward, 
um, it, it was truly, it was truly encouraging to me. You know, I mean, he did talk about how he was discouraged and he broke before the Lord, and God brought that one, and then God brought the second, and God brought the third and the fourth, and um, we're in, we're in a, in a time now. This year has truly been a testing. I mean, I'm sure you guys have felt the own pressures of, of, of all that is going on. Um, yeah, God, God, God's testing us right now, mm. and I, I think that. We, we need to, to stand up and we need to continue to press and truly, Lord, seek my heart and try me. See if there's any wicked thing in me. Um, um, make, my, make me peer before you. You see that Jesus, when he was washing the feet of the disciples, knucklehead Peter, I often relate to him. Um, no, Lord, I don't want to do this. If, well, Peter, if you don't do this, you have no part with me. God wants to cleanse us. God wants to do something in us because he has a work for us. But it's gonna take trying. It's gonna take testing, and um, yeah, that pretty, mm. you know what I mean. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, yeah, I'll, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's dope, though, dude. Yeah. That 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 uh, that that story was ministering to me, dude. Mm. When you were sharing that, like about that guy. You know, it's it was humbling, bro. Like I shared not long ago, when I was being interviewed that one of the mistakes I made was believing what immature Christians were saying to me. Mm-hmm. Mature men like Dave, like they were, he was never puffing me up. Yeah. He was always kind of breaking me down in love, you know? <laughs> but it was the immature Christians that were like saying things to me that I would often tell myself over and over again. Yeah. The ones who said, dude, you have an anointing like I haven't seen in a long time. Or yeah. the ones that would say like, dude, like, you're going to start a church. Like I could tell, bro, it's going to be, you know, and they meant well, dude, but they're not helpful, but they were just speaking mm-hmm. to try to either just, I don't know, encourage me. I don't mm-hmm. know what their motives were. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at them. dude. No, they no. Were, I mean, for the most part, a lot of it does come from their heart. Genuinely, yeah, genuinely, yeah. dude. Yeah. And, um, but, it, but it was, the Lord was just like, um, you're you're just oh, the only thing I told you is that you're my servant, and then I gave you this gift. Mm. That's the only, that's the only thing that was there. The rest was all like, mm-hmm. and um, and so obedience became more important than like what I think I want to do. Like, and um, teaching my dad like. I, I, I sometimes I would wonder like how it sounded to people like they're like what are you doing now I'm like oh I'm teaching my dad <laughs> I'm teaching my dad you know and like I'm not always led to explain the whole story you yeah, know yeah. just like um but I'll tell you what dude like uh there's something amazing about knowing that you're just being obedient and I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. Like in the beginning, I would I, like I related to that guy. Like in the beginning, like I'd be like, "Oh Lord, like when is this gonna become?" And then at some point, I just like God changed my heart, bro, and I just started embracing like the beauty of the opportunity I have, mm-hmm. and like just loving it. Like I love my brother comes and my um, his wife and my dad, and I would go through the Bible, and I I loved teaching them dude and mm-hmm. i love that god counted me as somebody that yeah. 
I can I can do that. And whatever he wants to do is cool, dude. You're, and I, you're, you're serving the Lord with faithfulness and obedience and everything else is just the next. Yeah, dude, yeah. it just and yeah. uh, and I'm not I don't I don't really I don't really care anymore, dude. Not mm. that I don't care, but I just I just need to know that at the end of the day that I I was faithful to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh whatever else he wants to do with me, I'm down yeah. with it. And this is another one. Like this is another thing that fell in my lap like you, dude, I don't know anything about podcasts. <laughs> I never listened to podcasts before we decided. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I, the only thing I know is that like I, I rarely run out of things to say. <laughs> I don't know why I'm that yeah. way, dude. But yeah. but uh, doing this podcast, bro, is super dope. And and I've found like I don't ever look at what we're doing numbers wise to other people. Like, mm-hmm. oh, is this what people are doing, or like yeah. how how much? Are, I'm just like, dude. I said Ivan I, to Ivan the other day, dude. Um, he was like, "Hey, doing that podcast was dope," and I was like, "Dude, having that conversation was dope mm-hmm. yeah. to me." Like that's always what yeah. this is. Like, like, bro, how many times have I seen you? And I just think to myself, like, our conversation ends yeah. up close and short or whatever. Yeah. And and now here we are. What? How long has this been? Long discussion is different. <laughs> Two hours. Oh, We're wow. two hours in, bro. We're which, two hours I, which in. Which I love. I love. You edit I'm, out like I want to get. <laughs> no, I want to get into. We're just going to edit the topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, go on. These, these, these lengthy topics because I feel like I know you now more so than I ever have. Same. Well, which, awesome. which is true, but I'm it's grateful. like we're, we're seeing uh, this is the fruit of the conversation. I And I myself had to kind of relax on even the technology side because mm-hmm. I'm like, I was sharing with Mike like, there was a, a day, I think with Stephen Cameron's, we were having some editing or yeah. there's problems with technology. And I was like, dude, I, I was telling Mike, I was like, dude, I feel like right now, like things are like not working for me. Yeah. Like, I feel like a failure the next morning yeah. sometimes. And he's like, dude, keep in mind like what God is doing with us three who are talking there on the table. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. let, let me make sure that we are allowing that conversation like to be the focus. Like yeah. he's like, I could care less if we post this podcast yeah. and that was encouraging to me. Cause then I remember like, dude, like I'm talking to a, a real human being in mm, front of me. Exactly. Bro. <laughs> that's what, that's what like when earlier when you're like, I don't want to miss the podcast. And I said to you, like, forget the podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, because I really feel that way. Like, like understand this, bro. Like if this, if the, all this footage get, I'm not trying to burn that, okay. but like if all this footage like falls, away a, the demon. <laughs> <laughs> falls apart, like I still got to have this conversation yeah. with you. Like I got to share mm-hmm. something with you, bro. Don't like please I'm, do. I'm, and I'm doing it on like live. So okay. forgive me. I'm for about it, to get I know. Right now, no, so it's not that. <laughs> he had this crazy dream um, oh, that attacked dude, him. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, he had this dream because we have like, oh. we have like, like a couple of people that were like, praying like maybe one day we'll be able to do that and one of the one of the guys like i love dude he does too uh is john randall like mm-hmm. john randall's such yeah, a solid awesome. dude and yeah, yeah i just lo- i just love him dude yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just in love with him not kidding no <laughs> no no but yeah uh but he's like dude so he has this crazy dream that like he's like john randall comes on our podcast mm-hmm. and like the tech goes so wrong that that like it doesn't even get to finish like the podcast wow. even yeah get- and i okay so in the dream like first like it was him and his wife for some reason came to our podcast yeah 
and we're like in the middle of interviewing, like the the sound goes out. I'm like, oh geez, like okay, like we're gonna we're gonna fix it right now. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like my microphone, as we're trying to fix that, like falls apart. And I'm just like everything. And I'm just like, oh, it goes so bad. And then like in the dream, it just skips like the the next reality. And I was like, it's like over. Like that was it. That was like it failed. Mm-hmm. And I was like telling Mike, like dude, like. Do like do we need to ask them to come back? Like, cause it it, it just stopped. But, <laughs> that was right. it. But I want to share with you like a thought that was mm-hmm. in my head at the time, and I, and that was that was what would later be a conversation I would have with him, and that was like, dude, if I get to sit down with John Randall and have a conversation dope. for like a yeah. couple hours, like that's dope. Yeah. And our like we're 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 not tech guys, dude. Mm-hmm. But we're we our aim to correct all this stuff is so that it's no longer in the way. Yeah. Right. Because That's like once, one, yeah, exactly, bro. Like mm-hmm. one and, and, and forgive us for, cause we're learning, bro. You no, know, but, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but, the, the, <laughs> the, me too. but like at some point, like it will all, it will be just a conversation. Absolutely. You know, and you can feel it too. Dude, I can feel you dude. Like, you know, the first part, it's like after at some point, these things start disappearing, bro. Yeah. And you just, then you're just here with us. And yeah. that's when it starts feeling good, bro. Like when mm-hmm. you're sharing those things and, and like, I'm on, like, I'm hearing you, you know, yeah. and not like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's that's pretty awesome. cool. It's been good, dude. I, we've, we've gone on two hours and it's been such a blessing. I feel like I have been repetitive. It, it, I love the conversation. I do got a question though. Um, something that has been flooding my mind and now this is kind of just getting a little bit more real, I guess. Um, I don't want to go in too long. I do got this last month was suicide awareness month. Mm. And this is where my mind goes is, um, why don't we have a homicide awareness month? Now, let me, let me kind of share where I'm going with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Sounds weird, right? <laughs> you got me I'm listening. Dude. Yeah. Is, is, what is he talking about? It's, <laughs> Social media and, and suicide is is on the rise, and I don't want to sound insensitive. You know what I mean? Like I, we should be compassionate, we should be gentle. But my question is, why do we condemn homicide and not suicide? Why are we more willing mm-hmm. to say, "Well, this person was going through something. If someone would have reached out," I'm gonna sound real cruel. <laughs> you know what I mean? But how come, in the same way with homicide, we don't? give it that same approach where like all oh, this person was just going through something it was mental that in other words i think suicide is selfish i i think it's 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 something that is is an issue people genuinely do go through depression um i have gone through sorrows myself um and everybody is completely different but why is one more accepted than the other? I'm I'm just being yeah. You know, like, are you asking or I'm you asking? Just, no, I'm yeah. asking. Yeah. I'm so this is just something that's gone through my right. mind because mm-hmm. I was like, Lord, I don't want. I'm, I'm approaching it in such a critical no, way. No, no, it's down. Like, I'm dope. This I, is I, dope. I don't know how to minister to someone who is suicidal. Okay. My my first thing is I'm sorry. My first thing is like, grow a pair. You know, yeah. like why? Like we mm-hmm. all go through it. You know, whether you're in Christ, you're out of Christ. Mm-hmm. We all go through struggles. Um. You see that because of social media and our cell phones and different things, we're so flooded with depression, anxiety. We just want to give up. Um, so, so I, I'm, I'm, sister, I'm like, my I'm chomping at the, no, I'm chomping at the bit because <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about mm-hmm. some of this stuff that I think is super important. First of all, um, like from the perception side, when you're talking to a person, 
and we talked a little bit about this with Steve Cameron. Um, there, there is you're dealing with two possible perspectives when a person mm-hmm. starts talking about suicide, and um, your perception of them oftentimes is you're aware that suicide is almost a trend, not mm-hmm. committing suicide. But talking about talking my about depression, it. talking about like yep. what, like I'm so sad. And the truth, the truth is, the people that I've known that were really close to suicide, uh, me being one of those people, by the way, um, is there isn't a heavy talk about it. Mm-hmm. There isn't like, listen, I just feel. It. And what you start to realize is that a lot of people who are um, um, genuinely depressed no no but but on the other end a lot of people who are talking about suicide and hashtagging it and talking Mm -hmm. about how they is that there there's a there's a fad following um the the glorification Mm -hmm. of of self-sadness right so music um the drama of movies like yeah. people feel like bigger when their life is drama you hear mm-hmm. this in christians mm-hmm. too as they exaggerate their testimonies yeah. or they they you know you you hear a guy talk about what he went through as a kid and then his brother lived right in the same room he's like yeah you know my mom was a little yeah, you know, yeah, and you're like wow like what well, yeah what exactly so so we find you find in the nature of people that they they glamorize the mm-hmm. drama in their life mm-hmm. and so you as a as a uh, a person who's dealing with people or talking to people or seeing stuff, you're picking that stuff up and you're like, this is not, mm-hmm. there's, you know, this is lame. But then there's, there is, uh, suicide can creep up on people like a temptation. It's that demonic. Right. Yeah. That's not like, I'm sad, taking sad pictures of myself. Yeah. Like, like I remember, and I've, I don't know if you ever, uh, like I shared this story on my interview and I'll be super brief about You're it, good. but um, I remember like I had like an M&M CD and when I popped the CD out, there's a picture behind there of him with, with a 45 yeah. in his mouth. And I remember I used to have a 45 and I would take it with me like mm-hmm. just because I wanted to not be intimidated by anybody because mm-hmm. I was naturally intimidated by people. Um, and one day I like put it in my mouth just to like create the imagery, like the same imagery I saw in Eminem. And I wasn't, and I've said this to a lot of people before, like I wasn't like, Oh, like my life. And like, Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't doing none of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. I, but I put that gun in my mouth, dude. And I'll never forget it. It felt like, like, have you ever looked down off something when you're, when it's really high and you get a little dizzy? Mm hmm. Like the 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 reaction to pull the trigger was like that. Like, wow. like I almost did it. That's my heart pounding right now. And right and now. and I recognize that that's different than like a cry for help. How people do. And then you mentioned like um, the reason why people view it different. I think the number one reason probably is just because it's. You know, if you kill somebody, that was your struggle causing you to take somebody else's life. But what, to your to your point, is that a person's struggle to take their own life, which a lot of people have sympathy mm-hmm. on, actually brutally affects a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. Um, 
but I have people in my personal life whose parents have killed themselves when they were young and stuff. And, um, I could see the threads of damage in that person mm-hmm. when just certain conversations come up or, and so to your point, um, whether it was cry for help or whether mm-hmm. it was like in my case where it was almost like a temptation that snuck up out of nowhere, um, it still is as drastically damaging to others. Yeah. And so I think to your point, like, I want to add that, like, to your point that, hey, listen, like, suicide is not just victim, like, oh, that person's so sad what they did to themselves. Mm-hmm. There's always a ripple effect of damage that is done yeah. around them. And I know certainly that suicide is a quick exit door. Yeah. I've had coworkers, a lot of construction workers, and when I say a lot, I've, I've worked in construction for five years now, and it's happened to me oddly enough five times they didn't happen one every year Mm -hmm. there was like a couple in one year but five different times that a person confided in me that they wanted to kill themselves and one of the guys when we were up there i was looking down off the edge of the building and he was standing next to me and i'm like what do you think what do you think causes a person to to do it because on one of the jobs we were on a guy jumped off killed himself you might have heard about the wilshire grand yeah yeah Yeah. 80 stories um yeah wow so um but when I was up there with one of the guys, I'm like, what do you think causes a person to do it? And I almost hesitated that I brought it up, you know? But I, I found out later it was the Lord because he was like, he's like, because down there, bro, like, it's an exit, dude. Like, I don't have to deal with my Anything. ex-wife taking me to court. Like, I don't have to, like, mm. I like coming to work every day. Like, I'll be done. I'll mm. just be done. And then I looked at him, dude, and it was this crazy moment. He just like looked at me, and I was just like, "You ever struggle with that?" And he was like, "All the time." Wow, you know, I, I don't mean to be insensitive to anybody who's struggling mm-hmm. with depression or that. That yeah. that's that's heavy. Yeah. Um. I I just I guess seeing it so displayed like you were sharing on social media or these platforms i think maybe that's what i'm looking at like this is weird why so your question is just to refine it why have we glamorized exactly yeah Yeah. right and it has been yeah i don't mean to be critical no i like it though bro because honestly we're not here to walk on eggshells bro like if you see something or you feel something by all means bro like i'm and i'm with that like i i my my whole thing is i i do um, hesitate to say a lot because I don't want to stir the pot. And this is where I lack that boldness. I, I do pray for that God to really just, but do it in a way that is gracious. Um, I think that social media, Instagram has, in a way, for a lot of people, taken the place of God. And I don't agree with everything. I'm not condemning nobody. But I see things where I'm like, Lord, you're a jealous God. And we're so distracted with these things. You know, we do post... You know, beautiful events. We do post the best thing. You know, I posted when I was engaged, these happy things. But I do see people posting things that are like, I don't understand. Um, For example, if I lose my father, if I lose my mother, my heart's going to be broken. The last thing that's coming through my mind is posting a picture of him on Instagram and talking to him as if he's just reading it. Mm. So those are struggles. Does that make sense? Those are struggles that I deal with. And I'm like, Lord, help me not to be critical but I, I'm seeing this person using this platform and not running to you. This has taken your place. And that a 
that that's what bur- bugs me. It burdens me. Um, this sound cruel. No, no, I'm, not jump, I'm, 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 I'm jumping on your brainwave. Like, yeah, oh, I'm just yeah, hearing exactly. you out. Yeah, you know, and and if I if I lost someone, I, I don't I don't need anybody to to like that picture. Mm. That's not gonna work for me right now. My heart's broken. My heart's devastated. Mm. Or mm. you know, I, I there was some pastor you know and recently a while ago you guys know he, he took his life i thought it's strange and i was like lord is it me i thought it's strange that his wife instantly posted it and shared all about him and then started typing as if he was reading it those things seem like why aren't we running to the lord why are we running to instagram or facebook and why do we desire for everybody to know our sorrows yeah these are questions that i have yeah you know, and I'm, I delete and I disconnect because I need to go to my God when I'm struggling, when I'm, I'm feeling discouraged. Telling mm. everybody on social media mm. isn't going to help me. Yeah. Running to the word and allowing his word to wash my heart, you know, and purify me is what's going to help me. And I want to share that same hope. I want to point people to Christ because that's the only thing that we have right now in a multitude of confusions and, and all these lies that are going around. The last thing that we need to do is completely pour our hearts out on a platform that is killing us. You know what I mean? Mm. Again, so, I so let me ask you, what do you think uh, is the solution to, because you're saying people are obvious, obviously, you know, the solution is always Jesus. But if people have this idol of, or let's say even a, a temptation or even just a struggle mm-hmm. of, of using social media as an outlet. Exactly. As an outlet. How do we teach youth? How do we teach our peers? How do we teach the world that the, the mistake that is being made? And how do we show them, look, there is something so much more real than just posting about it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think it's the word, and I think that's what we're doing. I think that's what why we're having this very topic come up right now is because change needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm right there with you where I see, like, you can... I don't know the statistics of how many suicides were from people who were cries of help or people who were like never talked about and all of a sudden just took their life one day. I don't know the statistics on these things. Um, But I know I I have a a sphere of people who come in contact with me. And I know that I am in a place where sometimes I get to minister to them, Mm -hmm. where I can pray with someone. I can show them like, you know what? Like, hey, like there's sometimes in our lives when we're just not focused on Jesus, mm-hmm. but we're more focused on letting people know that we're mm-hmm. sad. I, do you, do you kind of agree? Like maybe like with that, <laughs> I don't know, train of thought or no. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I'm just trying to pray through it because there's a lot where I could say, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. You know. So, so one of the things that, and this alludes kind of to a conversation me and him had earlier, sometimes God shows you things, um, because he wants you to uh, spearhead the the thinking behind these kind of decisions and allow people to like 
ask you or track with you or be like, hey, why I've noticed that you do this or you don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like why? And, and that would be a platform that God's giving you. I think the only place that it can become dangerous is because we then assume the motives of why people do things. So, so like there certainly are some people that will post a picture of like a loved one or whatever, mm -hmm. because they're just like, you know, they want likes or whatever. But I, 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 I'm, you know, one of the things that God has done to me often in my life, dude, in my walk is right when I draw a conclusion with a type of personality, I'll meet a person who does that exact thing and doesn't have that personality type. Mm. And the Lord uses that to like kind of rebuke me. Like, mm. like, um, I'll, I'll, uh, one of the things that, uh, gets me is people, uh, Nick brought this up in one of our podcasts, actually, how, um, how people will say like, Oh, just come Lord Jesus, come. And he's like, you know, and I, that frustrates me because it's like, you're kind of giving up on the scenario in front of you. It's like, dude, things are getting really bad. It's getting so bad that, just, you know, just come, Lord Jesus, come. Mm -hmm. And that's basically just pulling back out of a scenario and mm -hmm. saying, you know what? I don't want to fight this fight no more. Mm -hmm. Like, this is getting irritating to me. I can't mm -hmm. stand these people. You know what already, Lord, just come already. Just mm -hmm. judge all these people and just come. And, and the first thought that I thought about is like the older generation that didn't have that in their heart, that give up in their heart. They had an anticipation that they wanted to see Jesus. And when they said, oh, come, Lord Jesus, come, what they were saying is that we just can't wait to see our father. Yeah. And when I said that to him, he was like, dang, like, Light yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to be that yeah. person, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of the things I, I've seen is that there's a personality type that um, the only form of them not bottling things up so it's like a huge step of faith for them to be like, you know what? Like, I'm going to talk about my son mm. or I'm going to talk about my like. And so they'll do those things right now. And in, in, in if, if I could, I would rather give them a platform to your point. That's a legit platform, like mm. in talking like a bunch of grieving mothers mm -hmm. and like you're going to get up and share about your son, mm -hmm. like and what happened. But not every woman has that, yeah. has a person like myself that's going to give them a stage or yeah. going to give them. And, and in certain cases, I've heard, right? And I don't know this for certain because I don't deal with this feeling myself. But in certain cases, I've heard that there's people that that they went 10 years not talking about somebody that died. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they open up about it and they've been bottling all this stuff up, you know? So all I'm saying is, you know, we, I can't assume what everybody's heart is behind yeah. why they share things. I mean, yeah. the last thing I want to do is then meet someone's wife after doing a podcast, <laughs> and then they're just like, "Oh, this is the guy who yeah. hates when I post." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not. It's just not that. It's just I just don't want to create. I, I just it. I just think strange. Like a funny example. Like um, my fiance's nephew turned five the other day, and um, I saw some posts like, "Oh, happy birthday to him," this and that. And in my head, I'm like, "Well." He doesn't have an Instagram. He's not seeing He's it. Not so reading who is this, this for? This for you. You know, this is for you. Like I'd rather go to him and say happy birthday. Uh, so this is how I think. Yeah. No, but, but that's in the great. same way where like I see someone like posting a picture of, of someone that they lost. My heart does go out to them. Your heart is broken. I'm not, I'm giving I'm giving your heart is broken. My desire is that you go to Jesus though. Because my mm. little like with the heart popping up isn't going to do nothing. My comment isn't going to do nothing in that darkness. Yeah, Christ is going to do something. And I want to point you to that. And I see that people do kind of get upset when you talk about 
the god of Instagram. <laughs> you know, I, I think it. We need to really. They start defending it. They start defending it. Mm. I'm like, wow, okay, you, you're hooked to this. You know, try getting off for a while, and, and you'll see um, whether you were really idolizing this or not. Um, that's that's just it. Like yeah. I said, I don't want to be <laughs> no, you know, that's, cruel. Yeah. No, that's. <laughs> I'm just like I'm trying to learn through these things because yeah. I'm. You're gonna see- make a great crop podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> excuse I'm, me, as I'm choking on my spit. I'm just trying <coughs> to trying to figure out, you know, the the heart of the people, and on why they do certain things. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, you know, alluding back to one of the things we talked about earlier was. <coughs> You know, once you start realizing that we're all a bunch of little children that are mm-hmm. all jacked up in comparison to the perfection of God, mm-hmm. there's a number of things that yeah. a lot of us do that are evidence that we're just all no, I'm a turd, a I'm a turd, yeah, you know, <laughs> and, yeah, so I get it. So, no, you know, man. like I, 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 I hear you 100%. Mm-hmm. I only hesitate like nitpicking on one thing because there's probably like a dozen things I haven't noticed yet about myself, you know, like, Hey, like, why did I cut my hair like this? You know what I mean? Like I could sit here and analyze that and Mm -hmm. be like, yeah, that that was kind of selfish. You know what I mean? In some sort of like, (laughs) in some sort of like desire of the way I'm appearing to people. Right. But at the end of the day, like I, I, I I think the thing that we can 100% do is tell people, Hey, uh, like even the person that's posting, Oh, like my loved one or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, like, I just want you to know, like, you can take that to the Lord yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, we got a battle before us. Um, and real quick, it, it reminds me of Exodus 33, where the people were stiff necked and you could see God sharing with Moses kind of like, I have promised you guys this land flowing with milk and honey, but you guys go. I'm going to send my angel before me. He's going to fight your battles against... All the Ittites, tights, you know, like yeah. all these people. Um, but I'm not going to go with you because you guys are stiff-necked people. And Moses as a leader is heart for the people, but yet still desiring God. It was interesting that he came before the Lord and saying, we're not, we're not going to go, we're not going to go without you mm-hmm. because yeah. how are they going to know that we're different? So we do have a battle before us. God is willing to give us, um, this harvest, this this land, this 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 new opportunity that whatever it may be, whatever vision or whatever passion we have, whatever calling we have, God is desiring to do something in and through us. But do we have the heart to go deeper? Are we willing to say, Lord, I'm not going to move forward unless you come with me because I genuinely want others to know that I'm for you, that I want you, that I desire you, that I am different because of you. Um, and to, to speak to God... It's almost like Moses was like, he spoke to God as a friend. It says that, you know, face to face. Well, what did he want? He wanted to see his glory. He wanted to go deeper. He really wanted to seek the face of the Lord and see the face of the Lord so that he could know how to lead a people, you know, into a stiff-necked people at that, into this new land that has been promised. Um, For you, for you, our desire is that people know Jesus um, and that's just that's just the the foundation yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's cool that we could all that like um in the middle of all this that's going on and politics and 
that we can rest easy that we're doing the right thing when we're sharing Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said to him earlier, like no Christian, no real Christian is going to attack you if when they ask you, how can we not talking about this and how can Mm -hmm. we not sharing that if you simply say to them, like, dude, like God called me to teach his word and he's told me to share with people his truth and tell them about Christ. So that's all I'm doing is obeying the Lord. Yeah. No real Christian is going to be like, well, you should have been telling people about Donald Trump or whatever, yeah. like, you know, because yeah. you're right, dude. Like with that, with um, at one point with the black screens, Black Lives Matter movement, at one point it went this far, dude. It was like, it was like, if you don't post something, you're proving that you're racist. Yeah, and I was that was the point where I was what? like. I will not be bullied into yeah, like exactly. I have to post something, dude. Yeah. Like I don't care yeah. what people think yeah. about me. Like my my friend, you know, my friends know I'm not racist. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whatever, the mm. Lord knows I'm not racist. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. be social media. There's and you're a, right, you know, you're right. There's a battle before. Us, there's right? a yeah. uh, there definitely is the idolatry yeah. of social media. And here's the cool thing about you doing this podcast is the way that we kind of dove into that topic, that idea, even suicide, you kind of had a question about it. Mm-hmm. I've been learning. You're going to learn. We're going to learn. Like yeah. we're going to dive into these topics and chop them up and see if God has wisdom and he's given us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Not see if God has wisdom. God has given us the Holy Spirit. He is wisdom. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm excited to see you do. Um, we're going to pray for you, <laughs> Gilbert. <laughs> We love you, man. Thank you for yeah, coming on, you, on the podcast. Super dope. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna have you back for sure. Praise um, God. <laughs> so hopefully we get to jump on yours one day, dude. I know, dude. Yeah, dude. All, I mean, I'm excited. Um, you know, keep me in prayer for that. Definitely, mm-hmm. and everything else that I shared. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see what the Lord does. Um, Lord, help me not to be so awkward. <laughs> nah, you, <laughs> nah. Don't know, even but, think about that, dude. No, but yeah, God's God been so faithful and good and. You know, I could look back and say, Lord, you've never, you've never let me down. You've uh, never let me down. Mm. Even in those moments where we're going through the wilderness, like we're saying, we don't hear from you. Uh, what, what's going on? Um, we could look back. You know, there's moments where we could all look back on and say, oh, you were there. You were working. Mm. You know, and remember when he said, uh, we believe it's Habakkuk, right? Chapter one, if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't even mm. believe it. You wouldn't even understand it. And I just got to move by faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's evidence for things not seen. And without it, you can't please God. Um, so, yeah, man, it's been um, a blessing to be here, uh, to chop it up. We talked about, you know, demonic um, oppression, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> suicide, uh, hating on Instagram, you know. Relationships. Uh, relationships. Yeah. So yeah, we covered a lot of things. And I hope that uh, whoever hears it does minister to their hearts. And I thank you guys for doing this. This is awesome. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. I want to pray for him. Yeah. All right. Let's get it. Heavenly Father, thank you for my brother. Thank you for giving him passion, Lord. I pray you would increase that. I pray, Father, that you would give him vision, Lord God, discernment. Lord God, may you just allow this season of his life to, to bear fruit, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you'd prepare him for, for marriage. I pray that you'd allow him to, Lord God, just lead to be humble, to die to self, Lord God. Father, if there's things, Lord God, that are good, that he is striving after, that are not from you, Father, 
May he have joy, Lord God, in giving those things up, Lord God, that he might refine, Lord God, the call that you've given him. I pray, Father, that you would anoint him with words from the kingdom, Lord God, to share to other people. I pray, Father, you'd bring alongside of him people who are going to, Lord God, just be a brother, to be uh, someone that they can pour into. And I pray, Father, that you would just, Lord God, just fill him with your joy. May he have the the fruits of the Spirit, Lord God, of love, self-control, Lord, discernment. We thank you, Lord. May you just bless Gilbert. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, Gilbert, that's a wrap for that. (laughs)